Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Critical Podcast. I'm your host, my name is Jimmy Good, and joining me this week is an incredibly special guest, my friend Ian. Ian Hank, how you doing there, pal? Hey, good. How are you? I'm doing. I'm. I'm better now. I know we've been talking before this, but still, I always like people to like show up like we just started this, so it's not like we had this yeah. like secret conversation about all of them. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, <laughs> we've been no. talking about you, listeners. Yeah, we were talking specifically about you and how only much good we things. We yeah. you look so good, like you, listeners. You you look so good. Haven't been working out. Good for yeah. you working out at home like you're doing. I'm trying to. <laughs> it's not. It's not easy. It's not easy. I've been I've done it once, I think. I did Ring Fit once. Ooh. This this whole quarantine. What's Ring Fit? Uh Ring Fit Adventure on the Switch. Oh. It has a it has like a whatever a ring, a compression I don't know what you call it, yeah, but yeah. uh Yeah, it's it's fun. It's an RPG exercise game. It's actually pretty good. Dang. And you get you get tired. It's a workout. Sure. Like legitimate workout. That reminds me a little bit of like the Wii Fit stuff they had back in yeah. the day, which that stuff I remember trying a few times uh, back in college, and I was like, "Yeah, this is actually kind of legit." I was like, "Hmm, good idea." I on would you. say it's a it's a spiritual successor to that. Uh, I don't know if it's made by the same people or what, but I'd say it's better. Sure, it's actually a game with a story and stuff. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. fair enough. So there's like they there's more effort. This was like that was just the base, and now they're yeah. building on it. The lore, that's what you yeah. need. Cool. Yeah. Uh, how long did you play that for? Out of curiosity, did you say? Each, each, uh, I've played it, I don't know, three or four times each time for like, well, it's weird because it measures. So, like, if you play for an hour, you might have 15 or 20 minutes of actual, like, exercise time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, kind of like that. I, I'll go for, now I can jump in and out faster. I don't need to calibrate it or anything. So like I don't know, twenty minutes or something. Cool. Nice. And then I feel like garbage. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I feel like Ian. Like after when I was on uh, Easy Update, we were talking about makeup. Now we're talking about fitness. I feel like it's just we're we're slowly trending towards having some sort of like health and wellness channel. So uh, <laughs> I'm really I'm really looking forward to the day that we're just like you know what? Let's just leave it all behind. And we'll just start yeah. giving out lots of great. You'll be like, all right, so today's workout. We're gonna be using Ring tips. Fit. Uh, it's gonna be really good, and I'll be trying to be like, I don't. I think this is Maybelline. Some, I don't know. Get some resistance bands. Get those resistance bands. Look at that. So much resistance. Ugh. Dude, looking swole, bro. Video users will have to forgive the mess behind me. We're rebuilding our computers. Nothing so wrong with that. Got a bunch of parts in today. I think except for my it. processor. I'm getting a new processor. And it uh, is still processing on oh. Newegg, oh. so it hasn't shipped yet. Oh, so I got everything except that. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so that's pretty exciting, though. Uh, do you want to tell people like just graphic-wise, graphics card-wise, and stuff like that? I don't know if there's any oh, yeah. tech specs um, that people would want to be like, "Oh, I need the, to know this." I've already got a 2080 Super, um, and then the the CPU that's on its way is a Ryzen 3950X. Okay. And then this is the motherboard, the X570 Ace by MSI. Cool. And I got 64 gigs of RAM. Nice. And some M2 hard drives and a liquid cooling system. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. <laughs> Going all out. Going Gotta all stay, out. When you do video stuff, unfortunate side effect is you have to have a really beefy machine all the time. 
Yeah, I'm starting to figure that out myself. Um, yeah. But good old Nightshade over here is still kicking. I gotta dust her off um, one of these days and figure out some <laughs> stuff. And man, memory, it's so funny between this and um, like gaming and stuff, how big of a deal memory plays a factor. Yeah. Because there's like the memory you have here and then like the external memories and like trying to move things off of your your pc so it's not eating up more space because like i look at them like i can't fill up that much like multiple drives and then i look at them like oh i, <laughs> I oh you're I'm talking like, about hard drive hard drive memory space yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh a consideration but then again it's one of those things too with like the xbox where i was like okay i got an external memory a long time ago because that way i don't have to like delete games or uninstall games and then reinstall them and all that i'm yeah. just like i'll just keep getting them because it's like a four terabyte external hard drive like I finally got an SSD for my PS4, uh, and boy, external PS or uh, external SSD, and man, that makes games way snappier. Good. Uh, my snappy. PS4 is for sure on its way out, though. I have a, it's not a pro, it's mm-hmm. like, and not a slim. It's just the original PS4. It like beeps all the time, like it thinks you're pressing the eject button, and it. Oh yeah. Uh, the controllers now don't like sync to it all the time and it's, it's really weird do we think that there's any chance that sony built this these problems in around this time <laughs> so like all right the last like this long right and then when we're like yeah. ps5's coming it's like oh it looks like the playstation 4 starting to break down by well trying to purchase a new like playstation 5 you know <laughs> maybe I, <laughs> i've yeah. long suspected apple does things like that but oh, who knows i i feel you i feel you um yeah but that's a that's a good point and look look at this. Today we've already covered fitness, we've covered computers, we've covered games, and these are none of the things we're talking about today, which is so yeah. good because you're it's just so much fun to talk to. Uh but today <laughs> today we're gonna talk about one thing and one thing only, nothing else ever again. We're talking Whoa. about Jurassic Park. Jurassic yes. Park. One of the greatest movies of all time, at least for me. That's an opinion, it's not a fact, because a lot of people state their opinions as facts, and that gets a little frustrating. Um but, I think uh, that one that one's pretty pretty close to a fact. Yeah, and you're you so, love it. It's one of your top films, right? Sure. Yeah. 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 It's top I, uh, top tenish. Uh, maybe definitely definitely top hundred. Oh, <laughs> easily. <laughs> it's fallen down the list. No. Oh no, it's in there. I don't know. I, yeah, top ten probably. Okay. I don't know. I have to. I'd have to look at my act. I do have a list. Oh. I haven't looked at it in a while, so oh. who knows where it is? But I have. I have. Throughout the course of my life, uh, we developed a system of time where uh, there's uh, BJP and AJP, which is before <laughs> Jurassic Park and after Jurassic Park. So year Perfect. zero is 1993. That's amazing. <laughs> so right now it's 17 or whatever. I don't know how to do math. Yeah, but 17 AJP. AJP, yeah. yeah. The year 17 AJP right now. In the- <laughs> so I've been using that system. I've got a calendar that's set to that, you know. The year of our Lord Rexy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's that's amazing. I would love to see or have that list or hear that list because I feel like it would allow me to understand you better, like your top 10 list of all time. Because I'd be like, oh, oh yeah. these are interesting. Well, Cache My- is on there. I have never heard of that. It's a Michael Haneke film. Whoa. <laughs> I have to learn these things. This is good. I broaden my horizons when I hang out with you. Upstream Color, Princess Bride. Oh, Princess Bride. That's a lot of people love that one. Oh, I love Princess Bride. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
and Jurassic Park might be in. And Jurassic Park might be in there. Might somewhere, be in there maybe. somewhere. Maybe somewhere. Uh, <laughs> well, it's funny because I were you know I was gonna have you on the show here, and I was like, oh, we should talk about a movie or something, and I talk about Jurassic Park a lot. And uh, my other co-host Joe, he that's one of his favorite films of all time, and we've kind of we're similar. We're like Lord of the Rings is like the the highest echelon for us, and then like Jurassic Park is like right next to it as far as like oh like these are the things that. You know, we love the most is when it comes to movies and re- kind of rewatching them over you know time and stuff like that. But I think one of the things that I love so much about this movie and like Lord of the Rings is I had no preconceived notions when I watched this the first time, and yeah. I feel like there's been so much just like chasing after it since. Like there's so many things, and like not that dinosaur movies were really prominent after because when you did it, it was like it might be on the Sci-Fi Channel. No one could really do it to the same like level Godzilla tried Godzilla Godzilla did try and they tried they They, man Matthew Broderick tried so hard Uh, (laughs) but man and I was just watching it uh, before we started here today and it's like I really have to be super duper nitpicky to like find things that I don't like and again I love it so much uh, but there are like there's like tiny little things just super tiny but they don't really matter in the grand scheme of it and there's still so much magic in this what, film. What, what little nitpicks do you have? Oh, they're like, you want to, we're going to get, okay, you want to get, we'll start with that. Let's start. All right. <laughs> Let's start at the bottom Let's and start work the, our way up. First things first, the Nedry sequence when he dies to the Dilophosaurus. There's a few problems I have there. First off, there's sure. a weird slipping noise that they add yeah. in when he falls down the hill. Completely yeah. unnecessary. It's like when they add a bowling like pin noise when like somebody runs into a bunch of people in a movie and then he's like the, you're like <laughs> yeah. it's like what why? Uh, it's weird because like stuff like that on your first watch, I feel like your brain almost doesn't even catch them. Nope, just skips but then it. The second time you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's it's super weird. Uh, but that whole sequence, I feel it feels really unnecessary just to be like, all right, the Barbasol can is not going to go to the other company. And almost yeah. in, in some ways, I think it would have been more exciting if it had, because like then the sequels would have been like, well, there's another company who's out there trying to like kind of beat you to the punch. It would have, you know? it would have made Jer- lost world make way more sense. Like instead of Hammond having a secret Island that was never mentioned where animals are being, that's where they breed them. And then they move them over here, even though we saw them being bred in this one. Yep on this island <laughs> and they didn't want them to breed ever in the first yeah. place because they're like if they ever no that's just a safety precaution it's just it's like, like wait a minute <laughs> I, i've I got a question here and it's like okay how do we get jeff goldblum back on an island uh yeah but, yeah um but that whole sequence feels a little strange and not that not that i'm saying i could take out a dilophosaurus i'm not saying that all right all i'm saying is that sequence seems a little strange because it goes really quick and somehow the thing kind of gets in the jeep with him yeah, I just, it can I, open Jeep doors, probably. No well, problem. Well, it's not. Maybe it snuck in like the the door that was already open. I don't know. He um, left the door open. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's pretty weird. Well, and also the the other thing is like, I know it's raining. It's torrential rain. But how many roads are on this island? It's like yeah. you work here. You you're gonna yeah. know how to get to the the helipad. Yeah, and he was panicking and everything, but still. The boat. He's going to the boat. Yeah, he would have figured out to, how to get to the boat. You know, yeah. um, you should have planned Just this out. Head downhill, Nedry. Yeah, head downhill. <laughs> uh, also, and this is kind of part of his thing too. I think a few of the dinosaur names are misspelled in the well, cryo that, that... chamber. I could be oh, wrong really? on that. Yeah, like I think Stegosaurus might be wrong. There's somebody's pointed this out to me in the past where there's like one or That's two that funny. might. It's just like. Um, like again, just microscopic little things, people. Like not not big deals. Um, one of the ones well, that's 
that the that spitty dinosaur yeah dilophosaurus or whatever it is yeah um apparently not a real dinosaur it's like a combination of three yeah Mm-hmm. Dinosaurs, yeah, yeah, and also the cool, spit thing cool is dino. not a real thing. Yeah, not real. Yeah. It's, also, it's like, is it acidic or is it just sticky? Like they say, it's like poisonous and uh, it's sticky. I guess okay. so. It, like, but it's supposed to kill its prey and then that way it can eat at its leisure. So I guess it would have been different if like he would have gotten hit with it and been driving away and then like ugh, right, you know, right, and died or something like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just that whole sequence is kind of like. If um, Cronenberg had directed this, that's what would have happened. I'm she sure, would yeah. have like gotten to the boat and then like gotten boils and like died horrifically over time. Yeah, it, it would have been like all of his money couldn't save him with the Dilophosaurus yeah, poison, yeah, exactly. and he's like, no, no. Um, yeah, uh, so there's that. Um, obviously, small like tiny little edit points where it's like, oh, you can see like the person's hand on the back of the Velociraptor yeah. walking into the kitchen sequence, which I just saw. It is you have to look for it though. It is so. Oh, I've tiny. never noticed that. It's super duper tiny. It's somebody, um, one of like, was like a stagehand or somebody in the the kind of visual effects are like they're kind of like balancing it down to kind of tip it so it like kind of rears up a little bit more to oh, kind of steady cool. it. It's great. yeah, because they're a combination practical and cg yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh the t-rex kind of the paddock that's also a cliff yeah it's a different I mean, portion. that's the most famous one yeah or like the fence line that doesn't like the one that they're trying to get around when the electrical fence is going off like you have to pause it and look but you can see the fence like they only built so much fence like they oh. were gonna build it for miles <laughs> like they could have just walked around it uh, but yeah it's mostly that like it's super duper tiny stuff like nothing bad like everything else in this movie to me feels so pitch perfect like the casting the score the setting like just the overall theme and the build-up uh yeah. is just it's just so nice uh but are there any like little qualms that you have with it that you want to talk about my before only, we dive in my only qualm i guess is the pacing is a little weird okay. if and maybe it's just if you've seen it before because like it's like an hour before you see I think it's like 50 minutes before I don't know if it's before you see dinosaurs or before like they break loose or something but like obviously you've got to set things up yeah and there's a little weird lull with the ice cream scene but that's again like a false sense of security scene so it's like I know why it's there yeah so it's like something ineffable I can't really put my finger on it that's I feel like there's like, and it's slight. It's like there are three minutes too many in this movie, but I don't know where they are. Sure. You know, something it's, like that. Maybe just like cumulative, like 93 editing versus today editing where sure. things now are a lot tighter usually and quicker. Um, but I mean, that's a stupid nitpick. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I don't really have a problem with this movie. And I think like Spielberg even addressed the big cliff thing where it's like, uh, like he's like obviously it wasn't like but it doesn't matter like you're not gonna notice this if it's fun and cool like yeah <laughs> yeah and it's funny because like you can explain away some of it where you're like oh well maybe maybe there was a giant cliff and it was just at a different portion just because it's actually I mean, part things you know in your brain you can be like okay the goat was over here on the left the bathrooms are way over there and then the cliff is like across from the bathrooms like yeah. okay sure even though, like, when you look at it later, it's like, okay, well, the whole thing is a cliff, whatever. Yeah. But it, yeah. 
Also, why would there be a cliff there? Because then you would never see the T-Rex. Yep, exactly. <laughs> from the cars, but it's... Like, yeah, eh. and then, like, when Alan and Tim and Lex are kind of getting away from that sequence, uh, like, after all that, they, like, kind of go up a tree and where the Brachiosaurus are. So I'm like, are, are those things separated? Like, the Brachiosaurus I, uh, and the T-Rex? They must be, but I don't know how they got through it because they don't talk about it, so maybe it didn't matter at that point. Um, but they just kind of... Yeah, kind good of go point. On. Those like, are... <laughs> I don't know. Um, Maybe again. they washed washed down the hill or something. <laughs> they washed uh, it. I've been to that tree where they find mm-hmm. the eggs. What? You have? It's in Kauai. Oh, in my Hawaii, gosh. At, uh, oh, what is it? McCormick, McKenzie, something. Uh, there's a garden uh, at the end of the at the end of the island. Oh, you have cool. to take a private tour down in there, but the... I can't remember what kind of trees those are. Mango trees, maybe? But that's where they filmed uh, that. So we got pictures with the like fake eggs that they have. They're little prop eggs. Oh, cool. They look more like giant pills. Sure, yeah. (laughs) They're props. But yeah. And we, a different year, I flew over the waterfall from this movie. Yes. It's very, very cool. uh, I... I want to do that. I really want to do that so badly because I obviously... Kauai is amazing. I've been... See, I've been to... I think it was a big island in Maui, but I didn't go to Kauai. Um, Yeah. I've heard that's the more rainy island. So... Uh, Yeah, it'll rain. It'll rain. It'll rain sometimes. Uh, And there's dinosaurs running free on it now, um, which I'm surprised that people are still living there. It's like... Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, they've... You know... They're pretty harmonious if you're not trying to steal company secrets. They just leave you alone That's if you're not a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah they'll, they'll kill you otherwise. Yeah, uh, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, it was just a misunderstanding. It was a misunderstanding, and, like, they felt so bad about it, they were probably trying to put him together, and that's why his they're, arm yeah. is propped up somewhere, and they're like, oh, yeah. can you, can you, like, um, They're like, ooh, ooh, ooh sorry, ooh, sorry, man. Ooh, yeah, ooh. um... That's uh, That reminds me, um, and I have to dig it up, but I did a while ago make a a video translating um, what the T-Rex is actually saying in the movie. Um, and it's better than anybody else's translations uh, because I had my golden retriever translated. So it's oh. definitely legitimate. Uh, so I, maybe even for the Raptors one day, how do you turn the Raptors into heroes? I don't know. Um, but maybe they were the whole time. Maybe they were. Misunderstood. Yeah. yeah Cause the T-Rex they have a whole was. other storyline of their own. They were fed some false Intel. Yeah. They thought that the hunter was stealing company secrets, but he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> that was their whole thing. That's that'd yeah. be amazing. They're like, we uh, programmed the dinosaurs. They're all female. They have a lysine deficiency, and they're also really, really devoted to the company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they just want to protect InGen and its interests. Yeah, it makes perfect <laughs> sense. If only the if only the lawyer could have talked to them beforehand, and they would have a little briefing. But um, yeah. apparently, the T Rex he, he didn't get to talk to the T Rex either. Uh, anyway, well, the, um, the T Rex was was thinking the long con, the long game because the lawyer wanted to just cater to the ultra rich but the t-rex was like we'll make more money in the long term catering to a wider audience yep it's so dude the t-rex just was <laughs> he was just thinking the big game you know uh that is so well put uh which reminds <laughs> me of another little nitpick i have maybe you can explain it to me intro scene i love it so much raptor pen putting new raptor into the enclosure gate comes up cage is here gate is here Raptor runs at it and hits something, causing the cage to move backwards. Yeah, is the like I, the raptor digging into something and like kind of like headbutting? I and, like... always, I always thought that maybe the cage wasn't aligned and the raptor pushed because the raptor isn't trying to go into the cage; it's trying to get out to the people. Yeah, 
I think. So it probably pushes on the wall next to the door to the cage, or maybe the door to the cage is smaller. So it's like than the cage, which would make or the door to the you know the thing they're trying to put it into yeah, is smaller than the cage it's already yeah. in. So I think it pushes back with its strong hind legs, and okay. the cage is on wheels. Like we see that. Yeah. So that's yeah, what the hell is. I guess it's that he like headbutts the wall and pushes it back. Yeah. To get out. Sure. Because they understand doors and mechanisms and stuff, apparently. So. They do. They well, they were briefed on it because it's all in-gen, like yeah, you know, special. In-gen's like, look, here's how you get through the security door, just in case. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Uh, but yeah, that was another funny thing. But I love that the beginning of this film shows so much restraint because it's like a bunch of like just. Jurassic Park workers who are looking at this thing and you see like the trees moving and you're like oh here we go dinosaurs and it's like not yet and like there's obviously like the kind of the hints at the raptor and you see like Muldoon and all of that but it's such a great like we're gonna show you the dinosaurs but we're not gonna show them yet because it's like yeah. Spielberg knew he's like I've got you know a, f- a few different cards here I can play but I, if I play them all too early people are just gonna check out because if you're like yeah. oh we saw the raptor and the T-Rex in the first 20 minutes you're like what else are you gonna do what else can surprise? You know? He learned a lot of really good lessons from Jaws yes. and from Bruce the shark malfunctioning so much that it actually made the movie better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he took a page out of his own book and was like, okay, save the big boys yeah, save for the, the bi- second half. You're totally right. Um, and just have it be a lot about like internal politics, just like Jurassic, or I'm sorry, just like Jaws was, where it was more about like this mayoral campaign, and he's like, he's got an election <laughs> coming up. Like, if you guys yeah. haven't watched Jaws in a while, go back and watch it, and you'll be like, there's a lot of like it's intertown weird. politics. Like, it's mostly it's mostly talking. It's like Home Alone, where it's like, yeah. yeah, the the stuff you remember is four minutes of that movie. Yep, the rest of that movie is just some mom who's going like, oh my gosh, Kevin, and it's yeah. like, and Kevin yeah. just like dicking around. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's just like terrifying a pizza man or whatever, and not having to like talk to a pizza man directly. Well, and that movie's like eighty minutes long, so yeah, it moves. It's brisk. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love I love that opening. Uh, I I know I talked to you about this before. I think it's like some sort of Japanese flute or something. That weird, like oh yeah, you know, like the score. Maybe it's Sakuhachi, like in Ghost of Tsushima. It's the only thing it possibly could be. Um, but uh, I love. I just man, like obviously everyone knows the iconic score from you know Jurassic Park, uh, which they save not even for the dinosaurs, but kind of showing the island this time. But that yeah. beginning intro, John Williams just like it sets the tone so perfectly. But then there's also this kind of militaristic tone that they play when they kind of like go to the visitor center or something. Yeah. So it's this kind of this mixture of like the natural world, the beauty, the splendor, but then also kind of like man and like construction and like kind of again military, but they're not really military in this one. They do really lean into that in later movies uh, but for this one not so much it's like a hubristic sort of corporate uh yeah optimism that for sure that's man perfectly put man that's amazing good you know it's like well and that's what it's about right is like yeah the the, i think i don't know if it's exactly the thesis statement of the entire movie but when when ian malcolm says like you got so preoccupied with whether or not you could you never stopped to think whether or not you should yeah you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is a great segue, I think, into talking about the characters, which ah. are, uh, man, I was, I was looking through them, and they all play it, like, the way they're supposed to, because sometimes in a movie, you get, like, maybe one or two um, characters who don't maybe hit 
like right. what Feel they like need to, or they're not in genuine. a slightly different world. Yeah, uh, but everybody here feels like I don't know. It seems like they're all on point for the most part. Uh, yeah. And, you know, obviously one that comes to mind for a lot of people is uh, Jeff Goldblum's Ian Malcolm, who is this uh, super cynical guy who obviously gets proven right and is kind of like the rock star of the mathematician world, uh, which <laughs> is like a hilarious thing. Because um, I'm it. sure there's somebody out there who is that. Uh, but I, it's so funny the way he is portrayed in this movie. But he does a great job. And he obviously is kind of like this big counter to kind of the thesis of Jurassic Park being a good thing. He's just like, I think this is kind of a horrible idea and you are all going to pay for it, basically. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of him? Um, yeah, I think when you cast Jeff Goldblum in something, you know that you're casting Jeff Goldblum in something. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's a, he's a really fun actor, but he definitely... It's interesting because like, my at a, my initial first blush, you know, you want to say Jeff Goldblum always just plays Jeff Goldblum, but I think about like The Fly, and a few of his other roles where it's like that's not true. That's not like now he pretty much just plays Jeff Goldblum, like Thor Ragnarok and stuff. He's yeah. just like having fun being Jeff Goldblum, whatever. Uh, this one is somewhere in between. I think he's like a serious. But yeah, like rock star of the mathematician world is the way to put it. But yeah, he's definitely the most maybe outlandish character besides Nedry, maybe. Yeah. Because uh, the movie, Nedry plays it like a cartoon character almost, and the movie kind of treats him like a cartoon character. Mm -hmm. I mean, you pointed out the little slippery noise earlier, yeah. but like, yeah. Jeff Goldblum's character, though, I think he's, he's pitch perfect in this because it's just like, yeah, he's sardonic and he's not taking any of this too seriously until he does like what I like is once he gets hurt and or once people start getting hurt and it gets serious, he stops joking around. That's it, true. Like he jokes around in a less like, you know, frivolous way. Mm -hmm. You know, he'll still maybe make a little comment here and there, but he's very serious for the last part of the movie. Uh, so that's that's what endears him to you as a character is like. I feel like a lot of modern movies and lesser movies do this kind of thing where like there's the sardonic comic relief guy who just is always that. Yeah. And like, even when, uh, things are completely out of control, falling apart, they're still like cracking dumb jokes and stuff. And sometimes it's a defense mechanism, whatever, but like this one shows you like, Oh, this is a human being too. Like he's, you know, he's scared. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Totally. Nice. yeah. Yeah. There's like some great exchanges that he has in the car, the Explorer with Grant uh, stuff where he'll, you know, he's kind of talking like he's still like, it's kind of a bad situation, but he's like, I'm still going to see if like Ellie Sattler's on the market. And he like, you kind of <laughs> learn a little more about him. And he's like, I'm always on the lookout for the next future, like X, Mrs. Malcolm. Malcolm. And you're like, yeah. oh my gosh. But then he's not a jerk for no reason. Like the car stops and Grant immediately is like, oh, what did I touch? Cause he's kind of like a technological EMP that he thinks of himself. Right. And instead of Goldblum or I'll say Malcolm just being like, dude, this is your fault. He's like, you didn't touch anything. He's like, we stopped. Like he's, yeah. he's very aware of what's going on all the time, even if he's going to like make jokes about things, but he's not going to like go after you for no reason. Like there's, he's not like Actually, picking fights. I know? quite like that scene too, because it, it feels very much like there's a mutual respect between those two characters. It's like two guys just like, you know, Malcolm is like feeling it out and then he's like, yeah, you know, we're kind of a thing. And he's like, all right, 
you know, and then it never comes up again. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. And it's sad because like, you know, for a lot of that movie that Grant thinks he is just a, like a piece of garbage. Like he just kind of doesn't think much of this guy. And then later on when he, when Grant finds the eggs, like by the tree you saw, uh, he he's like, Ian was right. So like, I wish we could have had yeah. like another good moment between the two where it's kind of like, Hey buddy, like, yeah, you're totally right. Like, he's like, look what I found. Like, you know, something like this kind of mutual kind of respect, yeah. even more so, you know. They don't... Wait, are they even ever in, like, a scene again together until the helicopter? No, not really, I don't think. Because he's, like, propped up by the maps or whatever. Yeah, he can't really move. Yeah. Yeah. He's we... with, Grant, uh, with Hammond the whole time. Weird, yeah. Yeah, which I didn't realize until this viewing that he actually uh, puts a tourniquet on his own leg. I was like, I didn't realize that. He takes off his belt um, and he puts a tourniquet on his left leg, I think it is. And yeah, I was he like, like puts it, he like oh, does a like, makeshift splint. And yeah, like I was like, has it up in, propped up in uh, foam. Yeah, uh, I do love just him sitting at the back of the Jeep while, you know, Muldoon and Sattler are away. And he's like, uh, you hear that? That's a, that's a tremor impact. And he, he's like yeah, starting to go, he's like, tremor, he's like yeah. I am, I'm quite terrified right now. He's like, yeah. we gotta get, he's like, he's having the PTSD of a thing that happened like a half an hour ago. And it's like already coming back. And he's like, no, not again. <laughs> it's like, we got to go. We gotta he go leans now. back like, onto the, the stick shift and Muldoon's like, get off the bloody le- uh, lever or whatever he calls it. Oh my gosh. That, bloody move. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And that um, kind of ties into that that mirror shot, which uh, this movie, not every shot I'm going to say is like this, but there are just like at, probably like 10, 20, maybe more iconic oh, yeah. shots where you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, like that is, and the one that I just, you know. What glass of water on the dashboard. like Yeah, which uh, I don't know for a lot of people um, who know this, you probably do, Ian, how they actually finally got that effect to work because it wasn't working. I believe. Working. I'd- Check me if I'm wrong or right. I believe they they affixed a piano or guitar string below it and then plucked it. Yep. Is that correct? That's correct. Nice. Very Do you well remember done. if it was a guitar or a piano? It's a guitar. String? Guitar. Yeah, because yeah, I think I always accessible. remember. I always thought of them like putting an actual guitar like in the actual <laughs> dashboard, which makes <laughs> no sense. Yeah, just like yeah. Um, like, Do Fourier <laughs> from Mad Max Fury Road is just in the <laughs> in the hood of the car. <laughs> Amazing. I didn't know that guy's name was Doof Warrior. Doof Warrior. Dude, yeah. he's great. I Oh yeah. I love him. Um He's great. He's amazing. Fury but... Road. We should do another episode about Fury Road. That Dude, is an amazing movie. Don't tempt me. I told I am more than happy to I'll talk we'll with just you do about it. Fury Road. Oh dude. Furiosa, <laughs> man. So oh, good. Man. Um d- visual I saw black storytelling. And white in the theaters. It was cool. Oh, that's cool too. What did uh, you say? I said visual storytelling. There's so much oh, going God, on there yeah. where you're like Something about the boot. Um, there's a lot of just... It's about shoes and boots and respect, and baby. Uh, centered framing of the action so that it's never confusing to the eye. Yeah, and us- and using CGI to enhance something, like adding a mountain range as opposed to, like, adding a bunch of vehicles. Like, obviously, they do yeah. in that kind of... That's for the Fury Road. Well, if really great it's, compositing, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. One, later. It's great, Tom Hardy. He, he acts with his eyes, you know. Um, Speaking of CG, one of the first use, not the very first, but first like widespread usage of CG in Jurassic Park. And it still looks better than a lot of CG <laughs> today. Yeah, that's one thing I thought was interesting because like when you watch Lost World, and maybe it's just me, I feel like they made the T-Rexes look like their eye structure, like the ridges, they tried to make them look like actual like evil 
kind of cartoonish but this I would one would not be surprised this one does not have that but uh, like i will say this when the t-rex comes out to get them uh in the jeep his eyes and his teeth or her teeth um they almost look like they're glowing like she's just coming out she's like from behind the tree she's like i'm back and it's just like whoa oh my gosh uh but she well, looks so the lights good. of the car are illuminating it right i guess i guess the taillights might be maybe yeah. that makes sense oh, maybe, um, yeah. but uh no dude you're right the the cg and the, i was just getting to the raptor scene and obviously you can tell uh but they do such a good mix and there's one really good moment where they mix the two and i didn't realize it until now so when the T-Rex comes out in the beginning, it walks past um, the Ford Explorer and you see Grant and whatever. And then for some odd reason, the T-Rex, I guess, circles back around because the next thing you see of the T-Rex is kind of bumping against Ian Malcolm's right-hand side of the Explorer. Yeah. And then it sees the kids with the flashlight. And they do this shot where they kind of bring it down and then they move forward and then it goes from the physical T-Rex to a CGI one in like one swoop. Like ah. they do, it's really good. It's super brief. I'm pretty sure that's how it worked, but it's, but yes, man, that it looks great. It looks the, really good. Like still. one of the main, one of the main reasons it looks so good is that they, cause they did try to do it practically. They had the lighting reference on the actual model in the space. And so the CG artists could match it almost perfectly. Um, which when in, in lesser CG, you know, Everything, like, especially from this era and a little after, everything looks like gamma washed out, like the gamma is not right and the lighting is weird. Everything looks like lighter, you sure, know, than yeah, everything. Yeah. And it's because one of the reasons, I think, is because they didn't have that lighting reference. I mean, I'm not a CG artist, but, yeah, but you I know that that's part of why it looks good in, in Jurassic Park. Yeah, well, it's it's really cool because, like, if you go back and watch some of that behind-the-scenes stuff, especially the, um, the Gallimimus kind of... Um, flocking this way moment they kind of show yeah. how they were tracking the characters who would kind of look up at something and they tried to make sure that like a gallimimus would be like here and you know it'd be here and be here so like they're looking at stuff all the time there's three different characters in that shot or that sequence that are yeah. looking at things and it's like like this is all <laughs> and i think of it too i'm like spielberg Kids, was doing too. this and he's doing schindler's list at the same time like after like he's editing dinosaurs but they also do like i'm like I don't like you're not a like, tone shift. That's a yeah. huge tone shift. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just uh, the CG does not look bad. And, you know, one thing I think um, people forget about, too, and I forget a lot about it, are the herbivores that actually get physical versions. And there's obviously CGI versions, too, but the Brachiosaurus uh, and the Triceratops, yeah. which yeah. that first shot feeling so confident in their CGI back in 93 with the Brachiosaurus like that scene still gives me goosebumps. Like even talking about it still kind of freaks me yeah, out, but like yeah. the, the acting and everything is so good, but that like all that stuff still looks not that bad. Like it looks pretty yeah. good for 27 years ago or whatever it is. It's like, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, do you have any favorite, like of the dinosaurs CG or not CG as far as like look goes? The triceratops scene is really good just cause you get so close up. Yeah. Uh, and like it's obviously incredible. Grant on the stomach, like going up and down is a famous moment. Uh, hopefully you've seen that gif of Grant on Ian Malcolm's I, stomach when he has his I shirt have. open. Yeah, it's great. It's a good one. Uh, but I mean, the, the T-Rex, the T-Rex escape scene is just like top tier stuff. Yeah. Uh, just filmmaking wise, pacing, everything about that is just so good. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard to top that. The... One shot that I do like is the uh, Velociraptor silhouette at the end of the ice cream scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like at the end of the, 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 the jello, Lex scene. jello scene. Yeah. yeah. 
ice cream comes later. Uh, that's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Two. No, the ice cream one comes before. You don't oh, yeah, ice stuff, cream you know. first, jello. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, I like one that's like that, but it's the one near the end where the raptor's looking up, like, to the ceiling into the ventilation shafts, and they've got the DNA, oh, like, the, yeah. all over it, like, DNA the projection. DCU. Like, it lo- yeah. I was like, that right there, it's not, it's not something people talk about a lot. It is just, like, encapsulating the perfection of that moment because it's just like i don't know how you'd make a better shot than that because it's like all right so this this thing that was a concept with all these like letters that we have kind of used to understand dna if we could use that to bring about life and here's that life trying to kill us <laughs> it's yeah. like i don't Women know inherits the earth yeah uh, which is so funny that line is that a joke is that a joke line that she throws out there is ellie do you think ellie i mean would, i think she's so. yeah she's just making a yeah, I'm making a it funny. Quip. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, every time I think about that, and then I think of like the scene where the raptor almost gets her, and you're just like, you're like, oh no. Um, if only Ellie could befriend them. If we could just talk to these dinosaurs and be like, we're all yeah. for the company. We love Ingen yeah. so it takes much. Takes Chris Pratt to do that. Which I just uh, yeah, in uh, a forest. That whole, it's just so dumb. See, I would but, love uh, to talk to you about Jurassic World someday. Like that's a. That's I've only seen each of them once, oh, so really? my uh, memory on those is not very good. I just want oh, another here. another scene, real quick from Jurassic Park. Or another shot is when the T Rex eyes uh, yes. dilates down because of the flashlight. That's so good. Yeah, and there's actually I was looking at that scene because I was like, okay, let's like really look at this. So obviously it kind of you know shrinks in that moment, but it even gets another shot to kind of get away from it just a little bit. And it doesn't go back to full right away. It goes to like one level and then another level. Yeah, like it's kind of yeah. readjusting out of the light. And I was like, like that kind of stuff you can do with CGI for sure. But the fact that it was there and they like did it. And I don't know if that like the eye was CGI or if that was part of like yeah, the puppet itself. Know. It's so good. Like I don't I'm like it just I don't know how you make that better. Uh, I have heard, though, that um, that the moment that it does crash down into the Explorer onto the kids, that like yeah. was a little like more than they anticipated for. So that shot that you see there was like it was a little much, and like the kids were like, "Yeah, it actually kind of smashed down and almost like kind of crushed us." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, the, uh, that's good." Apparently, I don't know if it was because it was raining, but it, yeah, it was heavier than they thought, so it broke the window and it wasn't supposed to. <laughs> Which is great because it adds like a genuine well, terror to that scene. It became like one of the most iconic shots or moments too, where like the kids holding the glass up, which of course like makes no sense, but yeah, in the moment, (laughs) yeah, exactly. You're just like, oh no, there's like a piece of it that breaks off and everything. Yeah, right. It like it's got this weird kind of fracture to it, and you're like, good stuff. Um, we're talking about characters though. I suppose we should talk about Tim and Lex for a second. They're they're not the biggest characters in the thing, but I'll say this: as far as kids go, especially in like a horror movie or something like this or a thriller. They are really not that bad. Like they're they not a, super yeah. annoying. Like they could have been. They they do a pretty good job with it. I'm like, well done, well done. They're, uh, they, yeah. With Tim, they do a good job of like, he's the fanatic kid who loves dinosaurs and is just talking to Grant about it all the time. Yeah, but it's like realistic. And yeah. then Lex is like a little, she's a little older, so she's a little more like shy and and like you know. I think it's yeah they did a really good job with them and like i was eight when this movie came out and i was surprised that my dad let me go see it in the theaters um and like i was like basically the age of these kids you know like somewhere Mm -hmm. in between 
So it was fun to have an analog, you know, up there on the screen too, and just be like, oh, you know. Totally. Um, well, and it's so nice too because Grant's little arc about kids, and my favorite, my favorite moment when you know Grant would be a good dad is uh, when he just goes, I'm not going to tell anybody you threw up. Like, <laughs> don't worry. So like, good. Dude, it's so good. Weird, yeah, and then Tim's like, okay, I'm coming. I'm going to count to three, you know. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they do a good job. Oh, for uh, sure. I prefer to be called a hacker. Yeah, <laughs> I like how they spread that out because usually in movies, like, the nerdy person is also the computer person, but it wasn't like Tim was going to be like, Right, the, both. Like the, the like kind of the geeky dinosaur guy, but then also be like, I know everything about computers. It was like, okay, they split it up, and that's good because uh, I was like, there's a little differentiation there. That's nice. So, uh, and also kind of hinting at abilities people have that are going to come into play later on. Well, and it, you know, it's funny because like, in this movie does it well in a believable way, where it's like within the fiction of this universe, where like T Rex can't see if you don't move, whatever. Yeah, like Tim knowing that is important information but it doesn't feel like you know you're watching like a bad movie or a bad tv show when like something really early on someone says a line that's a little too innocuous and it like bumps you and you're like okay obviously that's going to be important later yeah this is just like yeah the kid knows stuff about dinosaurs like and then like she's established that she understands computers so with their hilarious graphic user interface later you're like yep. okay yeah she would know this yeah uh right, which plays uh, I also love too that like the uh, they're showing like they're like Jurassic Park engineers and scientists are using virtual reality to look at these DNA strands and find the holes and then plug them with like the amphibian DNA. And I was like, I love. There's like one dude in there who's got like the gloves on and he's kind of like, yeah, I found. <laughs> it's like which like if you were here. doing it that way, it would take like thousands of years because there are so many. It's yeah, it's ridiculous. Like he's like, I'll do it one at a time. One at a time. One at a time. He's like, this is the way. This is one the handful right way. of DNA at a time. I love it. I was like, you know what? But good on them for trying some vr stuff because it helps it a little bit because when you watch this movie that came out like over 25 years ago you're like there's some good ideas here and you're like you know what yeah. the whole dinosaur bird thing that's pretty good uh which i love that and i forgot that grant like one of his greatest missions in life now is to just educate the children on this because <laughs> later on when the t-rex like kills gallimimus he's like sitting with the kids he's like i bet you never look at birds the same way again <laughs> yeah dude what's wrong with you like it's like oh uh, look he hates that one kid in the beginning so much that he's like i'm transferring yeah. this rage onto everybody like make fun of me on my own dig site uh which is funny because those all, all those people are probably working for the guy, and he makes that suggestion. He's like, "Well, it's shaped like a bird." And he's they're all like, <laughs> "A bird? What an idiot!" And it's like, "Well, it's weird that that part is weird because is it a tour? Like, are they yeah. giving like tourists a tour of their dig site? Like, what is that?" Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Is know it like have... bring your weird kid to work day? Like, yeah. It's like, oh, this is very in. weird. Uh, which I know people have complained that, like, um, Hammond gets from the helicopter in that se really close to that sequence, to the trailer, like, in no time. I've always thought of it as, like, he was on, like, he was on site and the helicopter was going to pick him up later. Because uh, you kind of you see him for the first time. Um, speaking of, well, like, to me, to me, there's a clear time, time edit there. Like, the, the helicopter's landing, Grant and Ellie and everyone, they run to cover up the bones with tarps so that yeah. the wind doesn't undo all their work. Cut to a few minutes later, like they sure. saw him go into the trailer and like, cause he barges in like, hey, what's the big idea? Like into his own trailer. It's like, they know he's in there. Yeah. 
That's so true. to me, that's a time jump. Would he be like, sa- would he be sandier or maybe not so sandy as Doctor Grant? Uh, he wouldn't be sandy at all because if the helicopter turned off before he got out of it, I mean the blades take a while to spin down, I guess. But sure, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I. I want to talk about him because I forgot how much John Hammond is in this movie, which sounds kind of yeah. stupid, but he is a major, like, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say he carries it, but he has so many scenes, uh, so much dialogue, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, is it Richard Attenborough? Yeah, Okay, I think not so. to be confused with David Attenborough, yeah, yeah. who does the Earth um, right. commentaries or whatnot, and those might be flipped, I'm sorry, people, if you're like, come on, I no, it's Richard. I think that's correct. Uh, he does such a good job of being, like, the grandfather but also kind of the tycoon but he's not like overly pompous and then right. kind of getting and you say it's kind of that lull that false sense of security scene with the ice cream and stuff which makes sense but i love that that's where you get the character motivation where he sits there he's like i want to make something real i had a flea circus when i was younger and like and now like i wanted to make something that like you know the world could see everybody could experience but it was real it wasn't fake you know, and I, I love that kind of like, that's how, who he's become. Like he's got a, a preserve in Africa. He's like, this is going to make that one look like nothing. You know, like he's yeah. just trying to one up himself always. And, but he's such a likable guy. Like you kind of look at me like, yeah, he gets that he screwed up, but he's still like, I want to make another one. Like <laughs> he's not like, I'm well, done, you know, the, the nice thing with him is like, take like final fantasy or something where like the, or, or, various other examples where the, the the evil person is a corporate entity and they're just motivated by greed or whatever uh, to like a comic extent. Sometimes this guy from the word go, you get the sense that he's kind of just oblivious to the negative possibilities of his ideas. He's so excited about making something real that he never stops to think about, Hey, what if this, goes wrong like we have a single point of failure for these f- fences kind of like uh yeah and and he even says like next time we'll get it right you know and she's just like what are you talking about you don't respect the power of this place and it's just like she kind of puts him in his place there because he yeah he doesn't realize and i think he's in like a denial like about it kind of yeah and there's nobody's gonna work for him who's gonna say that because they're all like we're scientists who are making dinosaurs i'm not gonna try to jeopardize my job i'm like i'm they're basically all gods in a sense there they're like i'm making whatever i want you know yeah (laughs) um Uh, recent a recent show on hulu called devs uh oh yeah explores similar kind of ideas in a cool way i recommend it it was fun i've heard good things maybe from you yeah alex garland uh, wrote and directed it. Okay. He was he made Ex Machina and Annihilation. Oh, cool, nice. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, I just you're know, talking about John. Um, is there any, is there anything else we could say about John that um, you know, that hasn't been said? You know, I don't uh, know. He, he's 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 really well done. I think he's just super well acted. And again, I forget how much he's in the movie because like I see him, I'm like, oh yeah, he's in this movie. I'm like, no, no, no. he's he has like so much of like trying to run the park kind of behind the scenes and all this stuff and trying to tell everybody we've spared no expense and kind of yeah. show him like the whole tour. Like he's kind of trying to Walt Disney it a little, but he's also kind of trying to be like, you know, grandpa and kind of cool and stuff too. And it's like, when I like the line, when he says like, I will not be drawn into another financial debate with you. I will not Dennis. 
yeah. just gives you a little bit of history of like how their two characters are. It's like, okay, this guy's always talking about raises and stuff. Yeah. And this guy's kind of a penny uh, pincher, you know, like Hammond, he always says spared no expense, but it's clear that that's not true. Yeah, um, that's totally true. Yeah. Just pay, pay your, pay one of your, well, he's got more employees than five, but in that control room, he, you know, Nedry's like, do you know any, anywhere else where like a, a whole place like this could be run by like three people? He's like, because yeah. if you know somebody else who could do that job, I, I'm more than happy to like, you know, I'm happy yeah, to take off. It's like, oh, um, but I do love that, that exchange you're talking about too, because he says something, he's like, I don't ask people, you know, to apologize or kind of make up for their mistakes. He's like, or he says, I don't, what do you say? I don't expect people to apologize for their mistakes, but I do ask that they pay for them. Like, or something like that, where he kind of something tells like Nedry, that, yeah. like, he's, and I like that it's almost like something that he is having a hard time now that I think about it grappling with himself where he's kind of putting yeah. this on other people but he's now he's starting to learn like oh man like i've made a huge mistake like <laughs> i have to i have to pay for this you know like uh it's I also, good i think it's a little before that maybe but when when uh ian malcolm is like do, do you think you'll ever have any di dinosaurs on your on your dinosaur tour and then yeah. he just goes I really hate that man. <laughs> I I quote that a lot, and it's such a good one because it's like it, it it's just so just like a good pure moment of him yeah. not trying to be like the like hey everybody it's all good and this is cynical but we're still gonna make it work. He's just oh my, just just staring at that, just like you're proving me right, and I I just I hate you so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah. My so my good. favorite Hammond line is such a weird one. Just his delivery when uh, she's down to turn the power back on and he's like, you'll see a little red button that says push to close. Push it. <laughs> this is this huge pause. Push it. He has a lot of crazy deliveries. Like, and I love, that's a great one too. Yeah, I love that. I love when he's, he says there's a jet standing by to chopper or something when to he's back to chatro to sure i i something. And he have jumps, no clue what he, he jumps right up on like the counter and says it so he says it strained so like you listen to it and you're like this is such a cool sound bite but i have no idea what he's saying like i yeah. know that he's trying to say like we're going somewhere and it's like yeah. <laughs> like um yeah he uh and man to he's cairo maybe maybe Did, but would he go to cairo because he doesn't have to I don't know. I love that he's like even when they're on the tour, he's like, "This is the voice of like Richard Kiley or whatever." It's like some sort of like famous person or voice actor or whatever, and he's like, "Oh, this is like we spared no expense to get him on the tour." All I'm thinking is nowadays because as someone who wants to get into voice acting, I'm like, so this guy probably signed his life away in an NDA. Like he, they're like, he's like, so I'm writing, I'm like reading these lines for like a like a dinosaur thing, and they're like, yeah, it's just like a like a fake dinosaur like just talk about dinosaurs and like yeah okay man like sure <laughs> didn't didn't think about it later on just like on the news eventually he's like oh like ooh. he's like i had no oh, association whoopsie. with that part <laughs> um, i had no idea what they were doing ever uh don't worry about it um yeah the real well a, a real weird continuity or not continuity but like reality break in this is that john hammond has has committed himself to being on every single one of those tours because yeah. he has lines with himself. Yes. Unless that's set up just for these like people to approve the park, which is probably hopefully more likely. Yeah. But like, otherwise he's going to be in like 60 tours a day. He's never going to be able yeah. to do anything. Yeah. And there's not a lot of seats in that little like uh, theater too. So I was thinking, I was like, right. okay, so this is like, again, now that we're like kind of diving in, you'd be like, all right, you can start to pick it apart a little bit, but that's gotta be like the, 
to get more backers for like people to like give money yeah. to it. But yeah, but I just I do like the thought of just John Hammond like here we go again and they're like they're making it like the revolving theater like this carousel of progress and he just shows up and he's like welcome everybody my name is john hammond and i'm actually the guy who created this whole park um yeah <laughs> and don't worry i'm gonna be with you for the next uh four and a half minutes and he's like mouthing the words of mr dna he's just like dino dna like yeah my life like i just hate well, it he now. Does, and he does say like eventually there'll be music bum 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 so like parts of that are for sure going to be consumer facing so it's like yeah yeah. i mean i guess they'd probably do like a did you ever see terminator 4d at universal studios i've seen the videos of it oh it was good okay but um they would just hire someone who looks like him probably sure yeah well also i i thought that you know talking about the musical line do you think john williams composed that little weird piece of music they have in there like throughout the little video or like if he didn't, I wonder if they threw that. They're like, don't piss off John. Like, you know, they're like, like, don't just like, we we hired this guy to make this beautiful music. And then he's like watching the movie. He's like, why didn't I score this little? They're like, you you don't need to do this. You've done enough. Like, <laughs> they're like, oh, we're going to change this anyway. So uh, don't worry about it. But I that whole Mr. DNA sequence is, um, man, it always, it always Mr. gets me. DNA? Mr. DNA. I always thought the part where he talks later on, he's like, you take the part of the code and you put it in the code. Complete like, the code yeah I, <laughs> he's like straining yeah i always thought it was cold because it's like a oh. blue screen and i was like why is it why is the dna cold it's like is that part of the process like little young jimmy was like what's yeah. going on with what this do you mean? What do you, uh which i i do love the the premise even though it doesn't make a ton of sense it's like okay mosquitoes get cotton sap you get the blood out of them what are you gonna get sure. who knows um yeah. just you just make it up it's totally fine uh Let's see. We kind of cover most of the characters. I do want to save my my favorite for last, but the lawyer. Uh, I love the turn that you get with the lawyer. You kind of get him in the beginning, which, by the way, the first fifteen minutes of this movie moves at like such a rapid pace. There's so much information that's thrown at you, and I remember as a kid thinking like, I don't know what all this is, but I love like the lawyer going to the dig site, and then yeah. he's just so like he's like telling him, and he's like, you know what, man, this is not this is not a fun thing for me this is work he's like we got to make sure this is good because if the investors i represent aren't happy i'm gonna shut you down and then the second he sees the brachiosaurus he's like we're gonna make a fortune on this place and yeah. then later on he's talking about merchandising which he's like i'm happy to head the merchandising I'm like dude they already took care of the merchandising has, i was like he has this whole little arc yeah in like the first half hour of this movie yeah it's He's hilarious. Yeah, he's played really well, uh, and I think um, I don't know if you could make it any better because they try to do a good job of not making you sympathize for him. So that way, when he his demise comes up, you're like, that guy deserves it. Like, even though two, he's not a super bad guy, right? The two best character moments for him are when Hammond says, "The only one on my side is the blood sucking lawyer," and he says, "Thank you." Yeah, um, <laughs> for whatever reason. So good, and of and of course. Uh, when he says, are these auto uh, er- erotica? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. That is so funny. And then they even say the word animatronic because I, for some odd reason, I think of like Universal never touching anything Disney related. And they even mentioned Disneyland in this movie, which they, John does, he does screw up. He does say 1956, Disneyland opened 1955. It's tough times. He doesn't necessarily know when Disneyland opened. And then yeah. uh, Jeff Goldblum or Ian Malcolm starts talking about Pirates of the Caribbean, which didn't open for a long time, like 1960-something, seven, something yeah. like that. So, again, uh, still a funny little line, but uh, I love that they do talk about the animatronics. Like, <laughs> are these animatronics? He's like, I wanted him to be like, no, man, they're like, they're real people. Like, he's like, yeah. did you clone, like, 
humans? Like, how good do that? you think these animatronics are? That's that's where all the money went, right there. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. I think this. Oh, Ellie Sattler. Do you want to talk about her for a second? She's pretty great. She's great. The yeah. the only the part as a kid that I was always like, "Why are you talking to yourself?" is when she goes, "Run." Yes, that is that kind part of is always weird to me. Yeah, I guess she's been through so much. Maybe. But yeah, I mean, I think she's great. Uh, I don't know what you say. She's yeah. just. She's cool. She's really straightforward. Uh, I think that like yeah. most of her is like kind of just like forcing the kids in this situation onto Grant to just be like, oh, what's he gonna do? Like my my pseudo boyfriend who doesn't want kids and I want kids, and it's like I'm just gonna keep forcing him with the kids. You know, <laughs> like early on, she's like, what are you gonna do? Like yeah. I told Lex that it'd be good for you if you guys hung out together, <laughs> and he's just like, ah, oh, you gotta be killed. It's like I think that's pretty funny, but then later on, she even has a moment, and it seems a little. I don't know if it's his character to do it because it, it comes in like a time of crisis, but Hammond kind of, he's like, maybe I should be the one to go, you know, get the generators back online. He's like, because, you know, you're and I'm, and I was like, that little, like, maybe he's like old school, like, oh, sexist yeah, Hammond. Yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Like, it seems kind of weird to have in well, this Well, then she moment. claps back, too. She was like, we can talk about sexism in crisis situations when I get back. Like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's yeah. fine. I guess it's just there to show that he's like, I, I don't know. I buy that he would be a little old, old fashioned, a little old fashioned, and that, that, yeah, in like that a sexist kind of businessman. Yeah, uh, I buy it. Yeah, maybe that's just like his real, again, his real nature coming out just a little bit. When most of the time he's just like everybody's included, everyone's great. Because like you know that if he wanted to include everyone to come to that island one day, he'd have to charge something. You know what I mean? Like he's, oh, yeah. he's like everyone should see these animals. They'd be like, hey, John, the returns aren't coming. He'd be like. Probably have to crank up the prices a little bit there. Uh, oh, like, for sure. Cheeseburgers are now seventy dollars. Um, <laughs> you're like, I understand. Uh, our special chef. Uh, let's talk about him. Let's talk about Alan Grant. Uh, oh yeah. Obviously, kind of one of the focal points of the film. I love him. Uh, before I get into him, let, I, how do you feel about Alan? Oh, he's great. I like Sam Neill a lot, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's the perfect kind of gruff. Because everyone in this movie is a, a bit of an archetype, right? And he's yeah. sort of the gruff kind of guy. But you you can tell immediately that he's he's good underneath it all. And, and like, the movie shows you that in nice ways. And, I, yeah, I think he plays that character really well and with a lot of little nuances that maybe go underappreciated, you know? Yeah. Like, in a Roland Emmerich film, he would just be writ large and just kind of what a one note... But in this, you know, he's a little more of a human being, which is nice. Yeah. Well, and there's even like you said it really well. There's like little moments that kind of endear you more to him. Uh, like they're walking towards the Triceratops. Lex kind of stumbles and he helps her. He's like, are you OK? And yeah. she, she like kind of looks at him, grabs his hand and won't let him go. And he's like, well, what, what did you what, what's going on? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, please. Or he's like sitting in the tree and the kids kind of cozy up to him. And he's like, I don't I don't know what to do here. Like he's like yeah. learning how to interact with kids, even though at the very beginning, just that kind of statement of like, I don't like, it's not really something I'm interested in. You saw that kid. And she's like, well, I don't like want that. When kid. He, yeah. Not that particular, <laughs> brand, but a brand of child could be yeah. interesting. Dr. Gray. But, uh, that scene in the tree where he throws the, his lucky velociraptor claw. Um, it's just such a nice moment of him, like giving up on the, you know the past sort yeah. of uh and it's not over explained you know it doesn't like spielberg shows a lot of restraint 
in a weird way sometimes where, you know, he could have really hit you on the head with it, but it's just For like, sure. no, yeah. Yeah. We'll just show him throwing the thing. It's fine. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, it's, it's good. There's a lot of restraint in this movie and it's, it's nice. Cause they, I think in less talented hands, that wouldn't have been the case. And some of these people would probably been a lot more shouty, uh, but there's we've, a lot of, we've seen countless examples. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot more nuance here in the performances, which is really nice. And, um, we kind of talk about this and I don't know if it's totally true. Uh, but they say like they wanted to hire a bunch of people that nobody knew. So that way you can kind of get more invested in them and kind of see this place through their eyes as opposed to being like, hey, that's a famous actor that I, I know super well. Not that Sam Neill isn't well-known, but back in the yeah. 93, it wasn't as well-known as he is now today. Yeah. I think that's smart. I wish more movies would do that because honestly, sometimes, and I get that they're a draw, but sometimes it's so distracting to see like somebody super famous in a movie and they're like, they're just a regular person. And you're like, I'm sorry, I don't buy it. Like, <laughs> well, it's, it's really weird too in franchise movies when like, some mega star has like a three second role. Sure. And it, you're like, okay, you're setting something up for the next movie. Like, yeah. what are, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> yeah. What's this? Yep. See, that's yeah. the problem though. That's the T-Rex got so big for her britches. And she's like, I will only stay around if you make like six movies. And they're like, all yeah. right, eventually okay. we'll do it. Uh, she's like, but don't kill my character off. I don't have to be in all of them, but I like, I want to be kind of a focal point later on. Yeah. Uh, I always have to have yeah. a hero moment. Like, <laughs> yep. Yeah, and yeah. then one of the Raptors saw it, and they're like, "Hey, hey, hey! Equal representation. I want, yeah. I want hero moments. Maybe more hero moments than the actual heroes. I want to basically be unstoppable." Which <laughs> I think does, is that's what they should with, do. With Blue, it kind of does feel like the Velociraptor. Like somebody was like, "We've been giving Velociraptors a bad rap. Let's yep. make them come to the rescue for once." And yep. it's just like, I guess, like, sure. Blue's a hero. It's okay. I met her in person so it's i talked to her she's it's just it's part of her contract she said that those scenes were edited in she didn't mean to kill those guards and have an explosion right, where she jumped right. from it but it just happened that way and she was excited <laughs> about it and she was like this looks really nice uh you know helps out the resume a little uh <laughs> we're ridiculous i love it um but anyway, Grant, uh, Grant's my favorite uh, just because, I don't know, I, I think he's really cool. He does he does change throughout this experience, but he still retains a lot of who he is. And I love how he's more level-headed, I feel like, than almost anybody else. Like, even in that kind of weird projection room dinner that they have, uh, he kind of is like, well, I don't want to jump to conclusions here, but uh, this might be kind of a problem. And yeah. uh, I love, too, that maybe this is the first time I'm kind of understanding his, like, theory into hypothesis into fact with the velociraptors where it's like all right i know a lot about velociraptors and how they work and then when he's holding the baby one he's like you 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 bred raptors and like that kind of like that inevitable meeting between the two of like him actually seeing real velociraptors you know like yeah i love the build-up to that i think it's so and just like well and also like he has this reverence and this awe for raptors but he also is like I think them more than any of these dinosaurs, he's like, these ones maybe should have stayed extinct because yeah. they're killing machines. Like they're, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, which um, I know some people will kind of point out. We're talking about the flaws earlier, but it's like a regular Velociraptor, more like maybe two to three feet tall. Right, it's like a kind of a hybrid. Eight eggs. This one would be more similar to what they call as a Utah Raptor, which is about five or six feet tall little more like Deinonychus. So these things weren't completely off, but the problem was they were kind of figuring out stuff about the Utah Raptor around this Bender. time. Bender loves the Raptors. He's like, 
Is he okay? Omar must have gone to his car. Oh. Any, anytime anybody leaves, Bender freaks out. Oh. Especially Bender, now he's home all the time. He's not used to us leaving. Oh, sure. I get you. Oh, he's a sweet boy. Um, uh, what I was saying, though, is like um, with the uh, the Utah Raptor thing is they kind of found out that information while they're making this movie, I think. But they're like, Velociraptor still sounds way cooler. So yeah. we're just going to kind of... We're gonna keep going with that, and you know, Michael Crichton. This is just what we're doing, okay? Um, which is funny too, because I again realized recently Michael Crichton not only Jurassic Park but Westworld. That guy does not yeah. have a lot of faith in theme parks, man. Like, or he's got a crazy no. idea for theme parks. He's like, but this is gonna go wrong. Like, yeah, it's like oh. it's sort of his bread and butter is just like <laughs> he's like it's all gonna start a thing and then it, it starts killing people. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, I know there's some deviations. I've never actually read the book, so I can't. I can't uh, attest to it, but I, man, I love, I, I really love this movie. I, I, we didn't talk about Muldoon too much. I think Muldoon's great, even though I heard yeah. that that actor kind of hated, like, it's always sad to hear, like, when they hate maybe the movies they were in. I think he's passed away since, but, uh, oh. I don't know if he, like, I thought he was great and they kind of bring back his archetype in the Lost World. They're like, right. British yeah. hunter guy. Everybody loves British hunter Except guy, he's right? he's bad now. Yeah, but then maybe sometimes he's kind of good when the yeah. script calls for it. Uh, but I, I really like Muldoon and I like that there's that moment when he's sitting at the Velociraptor kind of pen or paddock with um, Grant and like Ellie and Hammond are starting to have a conversation because Hammond's kind of directing the conversation but they kind of almost mute that conversation from yeah. Grant talking to him and he, Grant's like so like wait, man tell me like what what's the speed on these things like and he's just like going on and on about yeah. like how dangerous these like they're lethal at like eight months or whatever and he's like and I mean lethal and you're like why did we make these things? He's just like there to almost make sure they all die. Like, yeah. he's seen firsthand what happens uh, when, you know, they get out or even kind of get out, you know? Uh, but yeah, I love Muldoon. I think you're a Muldoon fan too, right? Oh yeah. He's great. I mean, clever girl is like, Oh, clever girl. Maybe the most iconic line. Yeah. One of them. Uh, if only he would have just been using that. See, nowadays this type of movie would be harder for people to buy because he has a shotgun. And like he, he would have shot that a few times nowadays probably because back in the day it was so much more restrained. Like he was not going to shoot that thing unless he had to. But now yeah. it would have been like, I see her. Boom. That's not her. Yeah. Boom, boom. <laughs> he would have just been reloading. It would have been. Oh, that was a kid. Oh. <laughs> that would have. Yeah. <laughs> that was a kid. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was trying to think of what else we could like Muldoon obviously is like raptors and I was kind of just getting towards the kitchen sequence, uh, which is such a great, such a great sequence yeah. too. Uh, is that, I don't know if that's my, I don't know if it's my favorite sequence. I think the T-Rex attack is my favorite one, but that, that kitchen sequence, man, that sticks with you like it intimate horror. Yeah, it definitely does. And, and this is something that Spielberg is so good at is in this movie, especially is kind of just weaving these different feels and tones together. Uh, Cause yeah, you said horror like that. It's a horror scene. Yeah. Suddenly um, in this movie that I would not call this movie a horror movie. Yeah. Um, but that scene specifically is, is yeah. Just got such a cool kind of alien esque vibe to it. The, yeah. The Lex reflection shot is still like so weird, but cool. Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> I love her running through arms outstretched to shut yeah. that door. So good, like oh man! And I love how they both narrowly escaped that because they probably would have died. Like, well, it feels it it feels believable, and it feels like they think like kids. You know, they they solve that problem like kids would solve it, kinda. Yeah, like 
they don't think they don't think their their actions through like tim when he bangs the ladle on the ground is like he's not thinking what that's going to mean for him yeah he's just like god oh, gotta get it away from lex you know yeah <laughs> yep so yeah yeah he's like and then he it dawns on him he's just like oh wait yeah. <laughs> This is a problem. See, you got to be like Mary from Fellowship of the Ring. You got to grab like a bag and throw it somewhere else. And that way the ring wraith runs for it. You know, it's the wrapping. You got to be like, I do think it's kind of, yeah, the ladle. Um, I think it's funny how we did talk about it earlier, the whole kind of the perceived notion of what things can do and what things can't do. So like Velociraptor's opening doors, it's kind of like a joke and then it happens. But then like the T-Rex not being able to see unless you move, that's just common knowledge. Right. I was like, I love how that's just something he just says and you're like, what like you're like that's a well, that's a thing that's classic like uh spielberg doing like hyper realistic things for story reasons yeah and it's like that's a thing that's like you know obviously not true because why would that be true yeah but in the reality of this movie you're entirely ready to accept it just because Grant says it with conviction and it makes sense for the story and leads to some cool stuff, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, all right. Like, cause if they didn't give it some weakness, yeah. there's no way they're, you know, it'd be unstoppable in the situation that they were in. Yeah. They would just die. Yeah. And that's why it's great early on. Cause they do talk about like, I love that Hammond goes around this, but um, Grant's like, so he's talking about the Brachiosaurus. He's like, how fast is it? And he's like, well, we've clocked the T-Rex at 32 miles per hour. And you're like, hey, man, first off, I asked a question about the Brachiosaurus. Second off, yeah. how do you know how fast this thing goes? And then like when it's in the Jeep sequence, you're like, all right, 30, that's that's pretty quick, obviously. But yeah. it like it comes back and you're like, oh, okay, so I know that this thing isn't like a raptor moving at like 60. That's just going to catch this Jeep and murder these people. It's going to be like, hey, man, I'm I'm catching up. Like, <laughs> you know, well, it's hungry. I like I like that the T-Rex in that scene kind of just, like, gives up. Yeah, and just, like, whatever. When it realizes the Jeep is too fast, it's just like, eh, and just walks off. He's like, I'll go <laughs> eat like, something right. else now. Uh, which else. I would believe the T-Rex could do that. Those raptors, though, they're chunky. Like, some of I guess they don't always get meals, but I was like, some of them, you know, mm. they've gotten a meal today, and they're like a full human, and they're like, nah, I could go for more. Like, yeah. I'm just in for killing now. I just want to start killing. Uh, They're like the lions from Savo and the ghost in the darkness. Oh, yeah. There they you go. They just kill for fun. They're killing for fun. It's just like that Indominus Rex. Yeah. No, bad, the bad time, news. It's only time that they use an actual... Sorry, that's Jurassic World stuff. We'll talk about it another day. I just want more... If you got the money, and I know it costs so much, but just more real animals or you know props and stuff in your movies. If, it's just so good. Don loves Jurassic World. If you can get Don, he's, he's cagey with being on podcasts. Okay. So I doubt you can get him, but he, he would talk about Jurassic World. Okay. That's all right. Well, that's I challenge accepted. No, it's okay. I, it's, <laughs> I, I, I hate to bring people out of their comfort. I'll zone, ask so. him for you. Oh, thank you. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, is there anything else? Like I, I wrote down a few kind of closing notes here, but is there anything else like Jurassic park related that like you just wanted to kind of speak your piece about for good or ill have you listened to the jurassic park theme slowed down 800 percent or whatever on youtube i have not it's like 53 minutes long and it's phenomenal really <laughs> yeah they just threw it into paul stretch or whatever and uh, it sounds really cool dang even john williams his music transcends time yeah look at that Dang it's it. it's great for just putting on and like listening to. Dang! Oh my gosh! I 
that. And for some odd reason, I hum like a little, there's like a version of that song. And I don't, I think it's in this one too, where it's kind of more, it's like fun and upbeat. And I remember using to like hum that a lot when I like would be like walking in a city or like walking <laughs> in university or something. It's just like, ah, oh, this is like the music that should be playing in my movie right now. That's my life. Yeah. I'm like, it's like, ah, um, man, it's just, it's so good. Uh, there's not a lot in this movie again that I would change. Uh, and like I said, I wrote down a few notes because I, you know, I'm very I'm professional, Ian. I'm the most professional. Oh, yeah. It's good to be prepared. Thank you. Um, and I've been trying to do this more. Uh, show, showing restraint, showing off dinosaurs, which again, throughout the, kind of the whole movie, uh, which maybe they do a little too much of, but at the same time, I think it does build up um, in, in a cool way. Um, yeah. Man, that first 15 minutes, though, I paused it just to look. There Again, there's just so much. Uh, and by that, I mean you get the raptor attack, you get the lawyer going to visit the dig site, and then you go to see, I think, Grant at his dig site. And there's like a lot of information that they throw in there kind of quietly that they don't really talk about. And you're like, yeah, like the dig site manager knows Grant, I guess. Uh, like <laughs> he's like, oh, Grant's like me. He's a digger. And you're like, yeah, OK. Um, They're like well known. Yeah. In the, in the, yeah. It, I mean, it's great exposition, like good setup. It's like diehard levels of quality uh, first act where it just like seeds pretty much everything. Yeah. yeah. And then pays it all off. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, masterful. It's well done. And Hammond's daughter is going through a divorce, which is the thing they brought back in Jurassic World, I guess, because they're like, oh, Hammond's daughter is going through a divorce, so these parents need to go through a divorce, uh, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Um, uh, one thing I, we didn't really talk about too much, and I love this in a Jurassic film, and they still do it in, in other ones, but not to the same extent, I don't think, but non-dinosaur threats. I'm talking uh, your jeeps, or I mean your explorers falling to hit you, or explorers falling out of trees, or explorers falling out of the sky. No, or like the electric fence, or just things yeah. like that, where it's like it's not necessarily the dinosaurs that are going to kill you necessarily, um, necessarily, necessarily. But uh, necessarily. I love, I just love that. I think that's such a cool aspect to this. Like it's not like just because you don't see this threat that other things can't hurt you in this world like it's totally safe because it's not it's really it's a really scary <laughs> place to be well, in it, you know it uh that's a good that's a mainstay of this kind of genre of film too but like alien does this incredibly well too where it's just you got to solve problems from minute to minute and yep. this film is great at that where it's well, we got to get over this fence like up oh, Tim's up in the car and stuck in a tree you know oh, the power's out you know, uh, yeah, it, it, it does a great job of believable obstacles and believable reasons to get people into situations. And then also there are dinosaurs, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think it's really, yeah. The setups are great in this. Yeah. The I question, agree. the biggest question is what point do they turn around on that tour to come back? So they face the T-Rex paddock in a different way. I'm just kidding. I mean, it's like, obviously, they're still working out the kinks at Jurassic Park. Because you're going to have some run-ins there. If you got some cars going one way, like, from seeing it the first time. Because they have to come back and probably run well, into it, each other, you know. I wonder if they, in theory, maybe they have, like, turnabouts for, like, emergencies or oh, something. Oh, maybe, so, like, right. Maybe because of the weather, they were like, ah, oh, just turn them around after the Triceratops yeah, paddock. Yeah, I want those Ford Explorers to be a thing in more like theme park rides. Like I love the idea of like having like the big clear like windows everywhere. Oh, like, yeah. I was like, that's such a man. It's so cool. Like obviously you don't really need them in rides because you're like, well, just do like a Jeep thing. Like you got like your kind of countdown or Indiana Jones Jeep. But yeah, uh, like I just 
I just love that idea. I'm like, oh, that's so that's so cool. Uh, just how angry would you be if you paid two thousand or ten thousand dollars to come out to this island, and the first three or four things were like, well, they weren't by the fences, and we won't be stopping. Yeah. And you're like, what? No, go back, go back. Like, we're moving on, moving on. Well, hey. It's clear that they have goats uh, and stuff ready to try to draw the animals toward the fence, but yeah, it's funny because. Uh, it opened later than this movie, I do believe. Uh, but Animal Kingdom at Disney World. Mm-hmm. 98. Uh, 98. I was going to say, yeah, I was close to, but not in the same. But uh, Animal Kingdom does such an amazing job at, I mean, it's like they've got patents and stuff, I think. But like invisible barriers and like uh, un, like hidden enclosures that you don't notice as much. And, uh, like, the animals are almost always in the same area on the safari tour, and you see them really well. And it's, like, real-world park design knowledge, you know, would have had to have been implemented in Jurassic Park a little more. <laughs> yes. And if if they really spared no expense and didn't just throw fences up around some fields like they did in the movie. Yeah. But yeah. And, yeah, the they geographically they probably wouldn't the, the t-rex thing they would have been like all right well we should we probably shouldn't fence it in right next to this cliff because one day what if it's just walking and it just falls off the cliff and you're like we found the t-rex and it's crushed it's itself dead, yeah. <laughs> like, we spared no expense that costs a lot of money uh yeah. which is great because like in the beginning that's like the reason they're shooting the raptor because it costs a lot of money and then Muldoon's just like shooter shooter and like yeah. i don't know if they actually did sh- isn't that the same bad one like the main bad yeah. Because they're loading it into that feeding pen, presumably, yeah. mm-hmm. or is it into a boat? No, it's into that same pen. And they and they, he says at one point when that one showed up, it killed everybody off except for the like two others. Two of the other ones, yeah, killed all the two of the others. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who knows? They remember. They do remember. They're 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 checking out the defenses. I love it. Systematically checking the defense. Yeah, this is what you're doing when you're bored. You're like you're telling your lackeys. You're like. Touch the fence. And they're like, oh, fine. Touch the fence. Ah, the face every time. Every time. And they're like, we'll check it in like two weeks, but not yeah. for a bit because the people are watching. <laughs> the guy with the weird hat, he's watching us all the time. And I'm pretty sure he wants any excuse to kill us. Uh, I do love that shot where it kind of pans in front or behind kind of that um, the raptor enclosure when the electricity is off and like the bars are all like splintered open and yeah. Muldoon's just there. And you could just tell like it's been months of working with these things and it's just like, Oh no! Like yeah, it's just like the look oh. on his face. He's just like, oh dang it! He's like, <laughs> like, here we go. I told him. He's like, I've told people for months how lethal these things are. I've been watching them to make sure they don't get out. And it's like, and here we go. My <laughs> my favorite aspect of Muldoon is his just immediate acceptance of death. Yeah, yeah. Because he's just like he he knows. For, I think he knows from like the second things go wrong, like when Hammond says would you be so kind as to go take a gas jeep and pick up my grandchildren and Muldoon just goes sure like yeah he knows he's gonna die I feel like yeah and he's that's like true. this isn't gonna go well yeah do you, <laughs> do you think Muldoon would be the type of guy to know about the ambush attack or like that's something that like uh, Grant knows Grant yeah because Grant sets that up so we know about it but Muldoon he's a hunter but I think that's why I think he's actually legitimately impressed. Like, I sure. think that's why he says clever girl, because he's just like, you got me. Like, yeah. you, you, he's acknowledging uh, uh, being bested by a worthy opponent, I feel like. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a cool moment. I do like when he kind of unfolds the stock and everything, which is kind of unnecessary, yeah. but there's like this whole kind of like, all right, like I'm going to get her like, ah, yeah. oh, man, it's so good. You don't really see like, that's the only time you see the, a gun get shot in that movie that actually goes off because in the other one, like you see like Grant shoots like three times at the window, I guess. Um, and it uh, doesn't hit anything, but you just hear it through the phone. Uh, yeah, which again, some great Richard Attenborough acting right there because he, he finally Grant! like yeah, like that. You're like, you feel it. Um, yeah, he's man, gosh, it's just superbly cast. I don't know if I'd change any of these people. Like even Nedry, like we talked about, kind of being a cartoon and doing the ah ah ah. He didn't say the magic word. Like yeah. that's like his character. Please. And uh, not like a toned down Samuel Jackson, which yeah, is kind of cool. Like you don't see that super often, but him just being like. Yep, like I need this. I need Nedry if we want to get this back up and running. Like, oh, okay, he's not like screaming and the hold on to your butts yeah. thing, which is just yeah, kind of his shtick. Uh, smoking inside. I mean, the '90s. Am I right? Um, Crazy times. Early 2000s. Or eventually, they're still doing that. But yeah. Um, last thing I'll say about this for me that I love aesthetically. I love the jungle meets like the concrete steel oh, and all yeah. that. There's such a look to Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah, that is just so cool. I don't know what you how you feel about that, like the iconic imagery of like the actual logo and stuff that's on oh, everything. I love it. Like, yeah, it's, like, uh, it's so good. Well, and it's you mentioned before about the merchandising, like the shot in the gift shop when he's talking about like and in like talking about how the business has failed. You know, it's just so well done because it's you know it it mirrors the real world in a fun way. Where you're like, oh, I want that. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, you're like, I could buy that. You're like, that seems yeah. pretty cool. I think I owned a few of those things. I still yeah. wish Universal would have just made a whole park to, like dedicated to Jurassic Park. Because just like a few attractions doesn't feel like enough to get the concept down. Like, yeah. I just want like five or six or seven things based on it. Like They have at studios florida there's like a more of an area yes there is the only problem i have with that is that i could see hogwarts Uh. yeah it's still it's just like a walkthrough part it's not a lot yeah it's it's still cool there's a restaurant and a couple of rides they have a discovery center there which i did get to see which is almost perfect like it looks very similar yeah you can go off to like the right closer to the lake and it's in there oh man you walk in there you're like hmm this should be the center like you should walk up through it though that's the problem you have to kind of go the opposite way but yeah there's I, yeah i've stuff. been there many times i've actually never gone up in there oh That's dude you should do it or i'll, I'll i could well i don't want to send you a video because you want to probably see it yourself but i went in there um a few years back because so i was like all right this might be my only time to be here so i was like i at, at night i was like can we walk in like okay this is pretty cool i was like yeah they they do some good stuff i just want more all right i just jurassic park is such a cool concept put me in the explorer put me in the g yeah um yeah uh but anyway jurassic park i don't know i'm not gonna say it's a perfect film but I love it, and it is definitely one of my favorites, and it still holds up over 25 years later for me. Yeah, I love it still. Oh, I think it just does regardless. That's a good. That's a good movie right there. That's one of those. Good I agree. Ones. Yeah, it inspires me, uh, like Lord of the Rings, and it, it like makes me want to go make movies because like that movie. This movie has like so much movie I call magic. Just like I don't know what it is, but it just yeah. it feels like it's all just like it's firing on all cylinders, and you're like, yep, this is. This is pretty amazing. That's why there weren't other big dinosaur movies besides like Godzilla 98 uh, that tried to do similar things because it was like, we're just not going to, it's not yeah. going to be the same as that. Uh, it's like Spielberg's like, there we go. Uh, yep. So, oh, he's like, I'm <laughs> on other things. Did that. Like, he's like, and now it's World War II for a while. And you're like, oh gosh. Um, it's like, <laughs> oh goodness. Um, 
Well, let's start to like wind down the show here. Uh, let's move into sure. the next segment of things we've been killing time with, or as I like to call, time killers. <laughs> um, <laughs> what have you been killing time with, buddy? Like movies, games, music? Uh, well, I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. I've been trying to get through Final Fantasy VII Remake. Almost there. Nice. Uh, I had... I breezed through RE3 in two sittings, I think. The I've heard remake. that's quick. That's great. Uh, watched devs. Um, Did the length, by the way, not bother you for Resident Evil 3? Were you cool with that? I was fine with it. Okay. Like, I, uh, I, I knew that it was short. Sure. You know, and like, my perception of 3, like, I played it when it came out, but my memory of it wasn't very good. But my perception of three is always like, it's the less good, more action-y two. Sure. Uh, and that's what this is. So it was right in line with my expectations. I love Jill. She's super cool. Um, and it makes sense that she's like super capable because she's a stars member, not a rookie or a, yeah. not a fighter. Mm-hmm. So like, like uh, Leon and Claire, you know, so it makes sense that she's more action-y because she's experienced at this a little more yeah um yeah yeah it's good uh i feel like there's something else i subscribed to the criterion channel and and i watched the original murder on the orient express oh really and i watched with nail and i last night i'd seen hadn't seen that since college definitely a lot of stuff in that movie i didn't remember but um some funny moments uh yeah, I don't know. Just taking it easy. Quarantine. I'm I'm like weirdly okay with quarantine. Sure. Uh, I just get to play video games and watch stuff and mess around with synths, and it's like that's what I want to be doing anyway. So. Cool. <laughs> Good. I love it. The positive, positive, yeah. and the negative time. Yeah. You know. Save the world by doing what I want to do anyway. Exactly. Deal. That's great. <laughs> that's great. Cool. Uh, yeah. For me, not too much super crazy like final fantasy 7 remake that's what i've been playing so i'm trying to get get done with that as well uh i actually picked up borderlands 3 and i've been playing with a buddy uh leo um and it's been fun i will say this and i again voice acting love it and stuff like that i did turn it down a little um because it is constant uh and i'm sure it was super fun to record it's just man some of that stuff is like whoo like the biggest enemy you have in that game is just like someone yelling at you almost always and you're like and it's not even like pertinent information it's just man it's just wow um my roommate omar was playing that for a little while uh when it came out and like i guess it was before i i I heard they actually patched this because it was so annoying but um yeah not excuse me not only were the characters constantly screaming but he used like caustic weaponry and enemies were constantly screaming in like total pain yes i've heard that too i think they've changed that i hope yeah and he was playing it on speakers and i was just like dude this is insane like <laughs> it's like uh like I, you know i've played a lot of video games but god that's like constant just gut-wrenching screaming yeah yeah which and uh, i was like what is happening over here man yeah so i i tweaked that uh but you're right yeah. it's, it's um not not the greatest thing with that but unfortunately again like i'm not saying that the performances are bad uh it's just there's so much 
just uh, unnecessarily too much maybe like where it's like okay you know you give me instead of saying hey and somebody um i think missile mage put it really well a while ago uh, a fan of both of ours he said like you know in borderlands someone might like in a normal game someone would say go from point a to point b but in borderlands it'd be like hey bro like i need you to pick up that thing that thing i just dropped for you over there that special item you know the one and yeah you pick that up and you point it at the bad guys and you're gonna want to shoot them and on your way to get to this thing you want to shoot all the other bad and like it goes on like that for like five minutes before it's like just get just go to that like it's like yeah please, please stop uh but the gunplay that's huh? part of i think it's brand of humor is yeah, yeah. oh for sure for oh. both writing yeah um but uh yeah the shooting feels really good um i like the class i'm playing as mose which is like this um basically like a titanfall pilot uh because you just kind of run around with her really fast and you jump into a mech suit when things get bad and i actually picked up the ripoff of the like it's like a sawed off double barrel shotgun that shoots in a pentagram and plays a guitar riff so it's a doom <laughs> it's a doom shotgun and my oh, buddy who I was playing with, he's like, dude, I don't know what's, he's like, I watch you and he's like, you, I see people just flying or just turning into clouds of like misted blood or whatever. I'm just like, or I'm like, boom, boom, like, da, 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 boom, like that. I'm just like, mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's very cathartic. Uh, and it's been a little change pace because I have been playing Divinity Original Sin 2 with him and we are close to beating it. Uh, wow. And it's like that game, it just threw another huge town at us and I'm like, how much of this game is there like i feel like the even the developers when i played this back at pax 2017 they had a survey afterwards and they were like how many people like did you play the first one yes did you ever get out of the first town and i was like no and i think a lot of people didn't and i'm i was like how much of this game is there like it's such a good game but it requires a lot (laughs) you really gotta put time i don't think i ever got out of like that first area in that well not not after the boat obviously but like that jail fort joy yep yeah for joy and i was trying to like rush through it which is not the right thing to do because then i did get out of the little fort and got just destroyed by a little enemy and i was like okay yeah they want you to take your time with that one i'm not doing this right (laughs) yeah uh which is funny because like Baldur's gate 3 they're working on it just coming out and uh i'm interested to see a lot of people some people voice concerns about it being very stringent on D &D rules um i'm sure it'll be good because i think larian studio is wonderful but i'd also love to see and i can't wait to see what divinity original sin 3 is however i could wait like five more years because i imagine that game divinity original sin 3 whenever it comes out if they make it will be like a hundred hour minimum playtime. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. be like here you go and it's like Huge. uh yeah uh it's a great game though i love it but yeah borderlands 3 has been fun uh so i've just we kind of killing time with that and some final fantasy 8 uh we've been playing through that and uh, it's that's a crazy nutso game that you can totally break if you have someone who knows what they're doing. And that's not me. Thankfully, the chat knows. Uh, again, Mr. <laughs> he's like he's he knows it so well. So thank you. Uh, I uh, I remember liking eight when I was a kid. I have it on my Switch, but I haven't jumped back into it. Oh really? Okay. So, I didn't know it was on yeah. Switch. There you go. Yeah, they they put the remaster or whatever on the Switch. Finally, because I know for a while they announced like all of they're like Final Fantasy seven. Final Fantasy IX, Final Fantasy X. It's like, hey, wait a second, you didn't say anything about eight. Yeah. And they're like, don't, we don't talk about eight. Like, <laughs> you know, like they don't. I feel like eight's like kind of the weird Final well, Fantasy I guess stepchild. I always forget the details of this, but I believe they lost a lot of the source code or something, the backgrounds yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I've so. heard too. 
but they've got it back now it seems like to some degree i guess which is great uh, and i'm waiting for final fantasy 8 remake um i'm just kidding <laughs> i would like you'll be waiting a keep long waiting time, waiting a long time for that yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah uh well let's move into the last segment of the show my personal favorite segment which is community feedback and questions Ah. Now, Ian, I told people you were going to be on, and uh, this is Hello. one of my favorite things. I love getting this on Twitter from Tokyo Slim. Uh, he says, "You spared no expense." True. It's true. I and you know how much you know how much Ian costs to get on the show more <laughs> than all the other allies combined. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have to pay him like a million werehogs. It's so much. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh, it's re gosh darn ridiculous. It's a good thing we use a fictional currency, otherwise you'd be in trouble. That's true. Well, <laughs> is it all currency kind of fictional, right? Whoa. That doesn't work here and it doesn't work at the Whoa. bank either, by the way. I've tried that yeah. like, for loans. I'm like, isn't it all just digital? Just like some zeros <laughs> and some ones, you know? Um, that's not that's not a money where it's don't listen to me. Uh, but anyway, we did get some questions in for you from our Discord. Uh, cool. People were really excited about this. Uh, first one comes in from Frankadim. He Hi. says, "He says, hey Ian, with the rumors about a Silent Hill reboot in the works, do you have any deep desires for where you'd like to see the franchise go, if or when it comes out?" Yeah. Well, reboot's the key word, right? So that means they're kind of going back to the drawing board. And it's funny, the case of Silent Hill is interesting because Silent Hill 1 and 3 have a continuity, and then Shattered Memories is kind of a retelling sort of of 1. And then Silent Hill 2, there are a lot of things that link them together, but Silent Hill 2 isn't like a direct sequel to 1 in a lot of senses. Like There are obviously a lot of things that carry over, but... uh, Weirdly, one of the more direct threads is to four from two because that's the name of the killer in four is mentioned in two. Gotcha. But um, yeah, it's weird. A reboot would almost have to. I assume it'll have to do with a daughter. Okay. Um, unless you get to play as the daughter like that might be a cool way to flip it like or you choose. Oh, oh, that would be cool if they're doing a retelling of of one except maybe you make her um like a teenager okay and you get separated at the front and you do a classic like resident evil two storylines kind of a thing that could be fun okay i for one hope that it's just because i think first person like pt is just too dang scary like i don't know if i could do it yeah (laughs) if it's a first person like pt style game so i kind of hope it's third person uh, just so I have can do it. <laughs> Did you play RE7? Uh, like half, or not even half, probably like a, a quarter of it. I yeah. got to the boss fight with the, the guy who had the big scissors. Okay. Um, I guess I didn't even get into like all the crazy stuff. I rebought it on PC actually huh. to try to give it another go. Because I love Resident Evil, and that's like the only one besides 5 and 6 that I haven't finished. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I mean... Of the main lines plus Revelations 2, I should say. Like, I did never play Umbrella Chronicles or whatever. Okay, sure, um, sure. Or Revelations 1, even. Hmm. But, uh, but yeah, Silent Hill, the way to get it right is to, you know, pick your metaphors and extrapolate from there. Uh, don't, you, you have to be subtle to us, you know, like... Mm-hmm. I feel like late 
especially the western silent hills they were just like remember pyramid head and the sexy nurses we doggies yeah uh it's like <laughs> well those were there for a reason and two guys like yeah what's your reason here just because they're in the town like no yeah. the town manifests in different ways whatever i could talk about silent hill for a while but <laughs> i just hope it's good yeah. to answer the question all i all i want is for it to be good yes objectively good yeah like not yeah. even not even like just good for you. You just want good in general. Just like yeah, like if it gets undeniable. like if it gets like eight point fives nines, I think we can call it a win. Yeah. Like because I mean, middle of the road will still be better than half of Silent Hill probably. <laughs> but sure, uh, all things told. But yeah, cool. I just hope it's good. Yeah, that's hey man, that's all we can hope for. Um, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how I feel about when they remake well, Pokemon Snap. But that'll I hope it exists and I hope it's good. Exactly, that's the that's the big thing right now. It's like I hope hey, if enough people, video games have taught us this. If enough people want something badly enough and for long yeah. enough, and one of those people is Michael Huber, yeah, then it'll happen. I just feel yeah, yeah, that does that definitely helps. He, he yeah. needs the his magic. We need yeah, there. and it's good because I think he's in your camp on this one. He's not oh, actively yeah. against it. All right. Yeah, so that's a he, good thing. He's he'll not be okay with it. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one comes in. Miss might send in a few, but I have to limit it to this one. You'll really like this one. We've had a lot of very good original soundtracks this video generation, but I want to know what is your single favorite track that's been in a video game this generation? I think my personal favorites are either Life Will Change, Persona 5, or Weight of the World from Near Automata. Um, Tough question. First one that comes to mind is from everybody's gone to the rapture which i think is ps4 generation oh. now that i yeah right yeah, it's not should, PS3. I think yeah, so. yeah yeah uh but um forever it's a really good that's the i one. like jessica curry a lot cool um that entire soundtrack is just and dear esther both just my favorites probably ever in video games mm-hmm. excuse me uh yeah cool that Good pick. Um, I feel like I couldn't talk about Silent Hill. I could talk about this a little bit. Life Will Change is really good. Persona 5. Most anything Persona 5 is really good. Uh, Deliverance. And I keep talking about this one from God of War. It's so good. Uh, it's like six minutes, six and a half minutes long. Go check it out. It's it's incredibly good. Uh, I really God like God of War soundtrack is great. God of War soundtrack is very good. There's not is that much in that. Bear McCreary? Bear McCreary, yeah. Uh, he's he's wonderful. Um, also, I really like what uh, Ramin Jawadi did with the Gears franchise. So if you check out Gears 4. Um, it's weird because when you research the behind-the-scenes music on that, he talks about how he based most of the music off of um, a four-note kind of like grouping that he tried to put in a lot of the songs because he changed oh. up the original gears kind of um theme song a bit uh it's, it's just really fascinating you're like you took four notes and you like built stuff around that it's like yeah like oh that's really cool uh so yeah so those are some of my favorites uh and obviously by the way final fantasy 7 some of that yeah man, those who fight that song is just oh baby it's good stuff just, oh, it's uh, good stuff in there some good stuff in 15 too i'll say veiled in black is still really go check it out it's good this oh one. yeah! Shout out to um, BB's theme. I really actually quite liked, and of course the soundtrack from Outer Wilds. Nice. What, really what's BB's good. theme from? Uh, BB's theme from uh, Death Strand. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. It's good stuff. Nice, cool. Um, that's good. Look at these. We have so many. See, go listen to these guys. They're all they're all bangers. 
Go listen to all that like great a, music from Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I'm just, I know so many oh people. Oh my god, so Cross's theme, that's the winner. There's some good stuff in that game. A lot of people are like, there isn't enough music. Go listen to it. It's it's there. It's good. Yeah, anytime uh, Cass or Koss or whatever shows up, that's the stuff. This one comes in from Bearded Scotsman86. Otherwise, we're just talking about music all night. Uh, hi, Ian. You work, on easy up, you work on Easy Update every week. Oh, you do, huh? True. Uh, is it hard to keep coming up with ideas? Also, if you need an idea, the free-to-play game Deceit on Steam could be great if you have five other friends to join you. I'm not telling you who those friends should be, Ian. I'm not saying... This is me now saying this. Uh, it could be anyone. <laughs> it could be anybody. <laughs> well, judging by the name of the game, it probably involves that kind of uh, mechanic of... Could it be anyone? Deception. Like, uh, I'm horrible at deception. Too genuine. That sounds... That sounds like a good yeah. I could see you being bad at at deception. You know me. We're we're actually like I. We're real friends. Like you. You know me. You know my yeah. my lack of yeah. lying. Earnest. Ability. Earnest. Almost to a fault. Maybe. Uh oh. He's. <laughs> uh oh. Here it comes. Here it comes. It's all right. I can take it. No, I, I didn't mean it. <laughs> I didn't mean it. You're gonna help me through my LA journeys. You're be like, you're too earnest. I'm like, I'm too nice. I'll be like, oh, if you moved out here, I would have to be like, yeah, you gotta, you you gotta. Get the knives out a little bit. I got them. I got my katana right over here. It's right I over see here. That. I'm, I'll grab this. That's Kuroame right over there. That's Black Rain. She's ready. Oh. To, she's ready to fall. You get right. shot if you had that out here. I wouldn't. Okay, I wouldn't bring it out. I wouldn't ever never <laughs> attack someone. You know me. You know when it happens. But anyway, <laughs> so you make easy update every week. Yeah. It's hard to come up with ideas. Uh, kind of. I mean, like if I if I ever don't have an idea, I just lean on one that I've done before. Um, and like part of the, the concept of the show going in and it's much less of a variety show, like the first half of the series or whatever was a legitimate variety act where it was like three things per episode, like a song, the main bit, and then a stinger at the end, you know? Mm -hmm. And over time I realized like, yeah, people don't seem to like that. So, um, it was a bummer cause I was mostly doing the songs just to practice, uh, to like hold myself accountable to practice, and I mean, obviously, some people like the songs. Yeah, the songs are great. Didn't. Some of them are okay. Like I made, I think, eighty-seven or eighty-five. <laughs> that's 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 amazing. Seriously, that's lot. amazing. <laughs> and I'd say there are five or six decent ones in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple of them, maybe I want to like repurpose and like redo. You know, do Who it. Knows? Do but, it. But um, yeah, it's a weird show. Uh, definitely there have been a couple of weeks where I'm just like, oh, crap, I got <laughs> to make an episode. But oh, what I was saying is from the, the from its very conception, uh, it was meant to be really unpredictable and weird. And the amount of uh, it's funny because some of the some of the episodes that I get accused of being low effort actually are harder than some of the episodes that people love that are really low effort. Like yep. the lowest effort episodes that people seem to like the most are the ones that are just talking. Um, and like people love those. And then there've been ones where I had to do like weird post effects that people are like low effort. <laughs> and I'm just like, or like the, the, why does this make you mad episode? Like it was hard to do. <laughs> like I sure. had to sit there talking for 10, repeating that for 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, that, that episode was fun because I couldn't lose, you know? Like, yeah. the people who got it would think it was funny, and the people I made mad, it's like, haha, I got you. Yeah, like, it's the trap. Yeah, so it's just, it was meant to be 
dumb and weird and crazy and not not taking itself too serious except for when it you know is dealing with serious stuff mm-hmm. i yeah. like i like keeping people on their toes yeah myself too like it gives me the freedom to do whatever yeah totally yeah yeah i i don't know i think that's great uh and as someone who makes a bunch of stuff that doesn't always seem to connect myself what i think uh is the the biggest factor obviously especially with your stuff is that you are part of it pretty much every time and that's just like you're showing off parts of yourself in a sense and that's what people love and that's like the best thing about the show is that it's you you know oh, yeah love it love it or hate it you know? yeah oh well, and it's not like and for a few years now you haven't really been obviously you're beholden to the people who support the channel but you haven't been beholden to somebody like some suit somewhere who's like hey we're cutting the funding for this show because it's not getting the yeah. numbers you're like no i do this every week and some weeks go really well and some weeks not so much and that's just the nature of the beast so yeah yeah definitely uh you know there have been some hits and some misses but that's the nature of it and i love just not having it be predictable uh it is funny though like we even back with like mandatory update and stuff like our corporate overlords at game trailers like never really they didn't we had a nice bit of freedom because they didn't really care about us sure so like (laughs) to a certain extent but there was definitely an episode uh or like a mandate came down at defy to elise and i that like we had to pump the brakes on making fun of defy uh which was pretty funny that's hilarious uh Because uh, I loved to do that. Yeah, it's like The Simpsons. They constantly make fun of Fox. And they're yeah. like the biggest show. There's like, yeah, hey, oh, it's from Fox or whatever. That was hilarious, yeah. I thought. Well, and now it like, you know, it turned out that Defy was like a scam, not a real company, so whatever. Yeah. But like... Got him. Uh, yeah, we came out on the end of that. Yeah, that's but... great. Well, that's cool. <laughs> well, yeah, um, I think it's I think it's impressive, though, that you're, it's different every week. You know, it's not, you could easily just have it be the same thing, but, uh, yeah, maybe to the me, th- I think, uh, or what were you going to say? No, please. After you, you're the guest. Oh, I was, I was just going to say, I think for me, having it be different is easier in some ways, sure. kind of in a weird way. Like, cause I'm not beholden to having some stringent format that I have yeah. to like, you know, and, and kind of the way I think about it. I mean, obviously now during quarantine, it's very different, but like, there are the high effort episodes, like the really produced ones, like the, the Western musical is the probably the biggest one of those or like the episode 50, like, uh, or, you know, the Ian and Don hit the beach or Ian and Don go to hell kind of stuff. Like there are the high effort, like tent pole episodes that like have a continuous, like mythos, you know, and then there are episodes that are like chill out episodes for me or, and, or the viewers where it's like, Hey, this wasn't like as hard to make, but I thought it was a cute idea or like, you know, it was just fun to do. Um, Yeah. I I want them to be fun to watch and to do. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I can, well, I will say that only being a guest once, um, I had a heck of a lot of fun. It was so, that episode was was great. It was was so much fun. fun. I was like, this is so easy and like just good times and it was, there's nothing to it. And I hope other people enjoyed it too. From what I've heard, people did. So I haven't heard. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a uh, it was a real it was a real treat. So I was like, oh, it's cool. Uh, but again, <laughs> it's because I've gotten to know you outside of all this, and 
I just I like you as a person, you know, despite <laughs> all the fame that's gone to your head and all the werehogs yeah. that you have. Yeah. Um, you still you still seem pretty down to earth, which well, I give appreciate. it time. Give it time. <laughs> give I'll it... disappoint you yet. Oh, I nope. I won't let you. My earnesty, oh. it'll it'll get you like an anime protagonist. I'm just going to keep <laughs> and I'll just keep shouting my dreams until they happen. And they'll be like, oh, my gosh, he's, he's serious about this. I'll be like, why is why is he climbing the walls of Paramount? I'll be like, I learned all the ins and outs when I was there on the tour. Um, I know where they shot Frasier. Uh, I'll be like, that doesn't <laughs> doesn't matter. I'm like, ah, um, yeah, I'll be taking Bring out back Frasier. Bring back. I've. He's been shopping around. He's like, it's going to come back. Because he said, like, after he saw Will and Grace, Kelsey Grammer's like, after I saw Will and Grace come back, he's like, we could come back too. And I'm like, please. But also, I'm kind of scared. That would be so funny. I would love it. Um, obviously, John Mahoney couldn't be a part of it, which would be it's really sad. But I love the idea of Frasier coming back. It's my favorite sitcom, though. So I'm anything Frasier. I'm like, yeah. A friend of mine who's a who's a critic for AV Club, uh, A.A. Dowd, he and a friend of mine from Chicago used to do, I, I mean, I don't know if they ever, how much they ever really did with it, but I think they had a blog or a pod. I think this was before the days of podcasts, but they had like a blog where they would go through and just review Frasier episodes. Amazing. <laughs> I want to find this. It sounds great. Yeah. I have no idea how to find it, but oh my gosh. I wonder if it's even online or if they're just doing it for themselves. I don't know. That's what my channel's turning into now. It's just Frasier episodes, even though they just took them all off netflix and they're gonna be on like the peacock or HBO oh were they on netflix before they were all on netflix and then uh that with like friends got like uh because fraser for a lot yeah. of people like fraser is not it, it did really well it was like a big critical darling as well but the masses like friends was like the thing at the time even though fraser oh, yeah. had an extra and had one more season than friends and had like half the cast that's all i'm trying to say um and that show and they're both the whitest things that have ever happened <laughs> It's true. Well, I've ironically, Frasier tries to address it later on in some certain episodes that don't age super well. Uh, but especially in the first few seasons, they are. Um, it's very, very white. Uh, it's like it's uh, like me white, like super. Yeah. It's like it's too much. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, my gosh, my eyes. Um, but uh, yeah, there's one episode <laughs> where Frasier has to deal with them. Um, an African-American woman who is a psychiatrist, but she's got her doctor from the School of Hard Knocks. And she's not a real psychiatrist, and he tries to, like, pretend like he's her, um, and he says some stuff, like, in her voice, and it's like, uh -oh. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't, it, 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 it didn't age super well. Besides that, 11 seasons of Bliss, check out <laughs> Frasier, it's, it's great. You know, uh, it's like easy update, you're gonna make, you're gonna misstep here and there, probably. Yeah, but that's okay, because sometimes that's the only way to know, like, where that line is, you gotta inadvertently cross it once in a while and be like yeah. uh oh i stumbled put your toe to put a toe accidentally yeah. yeah yeah um you know what? i'm not gonna i'm not gonna keep uh belaboring these like we have some we got a lot of questions here from you because like we'll just save these for next time let's hit them for lightning want, round oh, lightning, give, them, oh. give them all okay if you want them here we go <clears throat> these okay these I'll, are missile I'll, I'll answer faster all right if you had the opportunity to remove errors from older movies, the hand in the doorway in Jurassic Park, the stormtrooper bumping his head in Star Wars, would you? Or are the errors just part of their charm now? Part of the charm. Part of the charm. I thought you'd say that. I knew you'd say part of the charm. I thought so too. I agree. Uh, a lot of movies have been delayed because we can't go to the cinema at the moment. After quarantine has ended, what movies are you most looking forward to seeing? And he says, I was really looking forward to Mulan. That was Missile Mage. Mulan. James Bond hopefully is good. Do you like the other ones? I like Casino Royale the most. That's what a lot of people say. And then, like, Quantum of Solace, I think they, like, wrote it 
like Quantum of Solace was during the writer's, writer's strike, strike yeah. I believe, and like yeah, it's not. Quantum of Solace has a few really great visual set pieces. The opera scene is pretty great. Okay. Um, Skyfall, huh. likewise, has is there's like an eyeball, and the uh-huh. the like, whatever. Skyfall uh, has likewise, I think, a few cool set pieces, but is largely not great. Inspector is not great. Um, it's got that cool Day of the Dead scene though. Yeah, one oneer. That's a oneer. Yeah. But uh. Like Leah Saidu saying "I love you" is just a little. I love her though, so like she's awesome. But I don't buy that. But yeah, I don't know. She's coming back in the new one though, so it's okay. like there's a continuity Time now. All up I don't together. Know. But Casino Royale is, I mean, pretty yeah. easily in my eyes the best Bond. And these new Bonds are like kind of a different class than the old one. Whatever. I'm taking a long time answering a question again. That's I guess okay. it's that. Yeah, it's that. Uh... I don't even know what I would say about this. I Mulan, I think, was the one I was most excited about seeing. I know Black Widow got delayed. I also, oh yeah, I'm interested. I'll see it. In, yeah, I'll see Black Widow. I, I don't know. I, you know, we've talked about Marvel stuff before. I, I want it to be really good. I just wish it would have come out like five years ago. That's all. Like it is strange, for reasons I won't say, but it's strange that they're doing it now. Yeah. Unless there are larger implications, that I guess maybe the Loki show might deal with or doctor strange 2 who knows again this is all i i wonder if kevin feige gets this a lot where people ask these questions and he has like the whole roadmap in his head and he's like i i could show it to you and it would make perfect sense but right now you're all gonna think i'm yeah he's like you all think i'm nuts and the great thing about kevin feige that people don't talk about he worked on like the old spider-man movies so he knows sam raimi so sam raimi's gonna come like probably direct doctor strange 2 but like he also worked on like x-men and like x-men the last stand so that he's like seen where some of these things go in not a great yeah. way like and he learned from it you know like he Wait, wasn't like they, did they change directors for doctor strange 2 they did so the one who was on before whose name i forget and for um he was more of like a horror focused yeah i thought it was gonna be like scary yeah uh but that uh fell through i think it was i don't know if it was creative differences and i feel like that happens a lot now where they hire someone to like who's gonna be like oh they're more horror focused and it's like we got james wan to do aquaman and it might be kind of scary and it's like i mean it has moments but uh, yeah so he left and i think sam raimi is now in for hmm. directing or that's he's part of it somehow but that's i'm guessing that's what he would do but i love the old spider-man movies so uh I mean, three's got They're some fun. Problems. They they yeah. definitely have a different tone than Marvel movies now. Yeah, uh, they're much more. I'd say the Spider-Man ones felt way more like kind of not all lighthearted, but it felt like watching Cartoon-y. more of a comic booky. Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like MCU tries to kind of make it realistic sometimes, yeah. but yeah, I would. I just I think Sam Raimi's a talented guy, and I'd like to see him working hopefully with less. Like obviously he's gonna have like studio involvement, but they're not gonna be like you gotta put this villain in here you gotta do it and he's like i don't yeah i don't want to do it uh he could take that play he could take it in so many different ways though um multiverse of madness man please just put ghost rider in this movie for the lo- i mean he's right there I- <laughs> mcu come on for the for the love of everything Ugh. my mom loved ghost rider that's because your mom is amazing like she has yeah. good taste he's basically a metallica cover like a like he's, a, <laughs> he's like a flaming skeleton with chains Ugh, i love it um, there we go. That's that. We'll wrap it up with those ones because we 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 got through those questions. I don't know if we have any other ones here. I thought we had way more, but that's I think that's good for now. This is good. Uh, okay. So thank you for answering those in a wrap so fast. I edited it so in the future it's just like oh. two seconds. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I, didn't. I just didn't cut even it down. 
not even complete sentences. <laughs> it's just uh, uh. um. Anyway, uh, if you guys ever who are listening to this have a question or a topic, or you want to see a guest on the show, something like that, all you have to do is you can tweet the hashtag Critical Podcast to me. I'm at JimmyGood013 or at GoCritical over on Twitter. But if you just want to just reach out to Ian, say hi, tell him he's great. Because um, that's what that's what I think Twitter should be for. Uh, Ian, where can they find you? I'm just at Ian Hink. I-A-N-H-I-N-C-K. Not just. You are. You were just the best. It's so good. Yeah. Like, I wish I tried to get Twitter to give me Jimmy Good, but for some reason, that guy, whoever's holding on to it, is not using it. This is probably uh, a conversation for another time, but it frustrates me, all right? And I'm, <laughs> I'm very low on the Twitter totem pole. Uh, let's just say I'm near the base. Uh, I'm in the dirt. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, as we usually say here, I like to thank everybody who's supporting us and thanks to all of our patrons and all the people who are watching and commenting on the videos. And honestly, those comments, they mean so much to me. Um, and you guys donating your time just to listen. But this week... I would ask that you go please check out my friends over at the Easy Allies. And when I say my friends, uh, I really do mean it. And more so importantly, if you're going to donate money to them, think of it as donating it to uh, your favorite one. You know, uh, because that's that's just you use that mental Don. game. <laughs> yeah. Don, Don, his name is Don. He's the only one who runs it. Uh, he's the only yeah. easy ally member who's left, you know, in this world. But And he needs it. He needs it. He needs it. Um, <laughs> he but no, please go support them. Go check out and, you know, support Ian because uh, you're great. You honestly, you're really good. You're very... Thank you. You're great. Uh, you're creative, I, I think people should support you. Well, I think they should support whoever they want because I would never force them into. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> see, that's great. We're like the angry parents now. I'd be like, yeah. I got him this. I got him that. Uh, no, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, but I, I just love having you on, man. It's been too long, and it's a real yeah. pleasure. I feel like I've gotten to like be on, you know, easy update, and then also hang out with you a little bit. It's just been. It's been great, even though that felt like you said at the beginning, like a hundred years ago. Like it, it was did. only like a month I and a half ago. I was shocked that it was only a month and a half ago. I thought it was like three months ago. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll say this much: I enjoyed Disneyland, but it just wasn't the same without you. Like, yeah, it's not the same. It, I can't it's not remember what, what I was doing that day. You uh, shooting or karaoke? Something? One of those days. One of the days. Did you go karaoke? karaoke? Was it good? Yeah, it yeah. was okay. Good. I, I would love to carry <laughs> carry. Oh man, don't get me singing. Do uh, karaoke? Uh, I'll do some karaoke. Well, next time, once we're ever allowed to travel again, yeah. I'll let you know. Dude, I'm totally in. And one day I'll be out there, so I'll just be like, you want karaoke tonight? And you be like, dude, I'm working on my synths. And I'll be like, you're always working on your synths. And you'll yeah. be like, yeah, man, I'm going to make it big. And then one day you'll just be like the greatest synth megastar. So <laughs> I good. doubt it. Um, I would love that. Is synth a megastar a thing? Oh, sure. Probably. Okay. <laughs> oh sure probably there i mean there are a lot of they're more just like electronic musicians you know oh sure i'm sorry yeah i shouldn't say that it's uh, but i mean they're synth megastars basically i see okay. you're you're a montaubans your apex twins your square pushers your boards of canada's your lorns your wait do you have a synth name mm-hmm. like do you do you have a synth name you'd work under if you could like a dream synth name i got i got an idea okay but you're not gonna share it i understand it's a secret. It's like a baby name. Like, no one yeah. wants to tell people because, like, the second you do, someone's going to be like, well, I knew, a, like, a David. Yeah. And he sucked. Like, and he was the worst. Yeah, like, I hate him. And you're like, well, that was the name of my grandfather and her great-great-grandfather, so. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but I guess he's going to suck. Uh, yeah. You're like, well, you can't call him Dave because I really hate this Dave guy. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. I'm looking forward to hearing that one day. Uh, but either way, thank you again so much for being on my wacky, weird show. I appreciate I appreciate you. So thank you.
Thanks so much for having me. Yes, and again, thanks to everybody listening. I appreciate it. And until next time, just remember to adapt and overcome. Bye-bye.